just uh, just as I get up on on the leather seats, all you see is a perfect sweaty imprint. Though I imagine, and you for some r- reason, the smell of sick of of two two giant thighs and what looked like two marbles. <laughs> I imagine that you'd rip the leather off as yeah. you stood up, yeah. <laughs> but your hands have just clung on for dear either, and a Spider Man. Either that or my or my skin. <laughs> <laughs> just like I get up and just like I've left like a layer of like skin Frank on the chair from Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> And welcome to Too Much Time on Our Hands, the theatrical cut. You join us after a bit of a break from an audio version because we had a bit of a snafu. As ever, I'm joined by Sonia on my left for a change. Hello, dear. And opposite me with, I've got to say, a face for radio, hey. is Dan. Hey, hello. So yeah, Dan from the Mother again. Pod is joining hey, us. So hopefully the recording should come out all right on this one because he's in charge. Well, And we've got the big mixing deck and fancy microphones and all sorts. You say that, but me and Sonia recorded a uh, boys spoiler cast that sounded like it was being recorded at a church hall because I accidentally left the echo on. We've done that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Idiots. I'm not proud of myself. <laughs> so yeah, so as I say, we did a, an amazing zombie pod, I thought, Sonia. I thought it was full I, of bants. I'd go as far as to say it was our best... <laughs> It was. Possibly the listeners would agree as well, having <coughs> not heard it. Yeah. Um, but w- you should have seen on the Instagram and the Facebook, we put out our little bits and pieces on there. So it hasn't been lost completely, but we weren't going to record it again because we were tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was bedtime. Because last summer wine was on TV. I think, you know, it's got to stay in. Is that still on? It's not, is it? They're dead. Ignore me. Okay, they, they, they've been dropping like flies the last <laughs> few weeks. Good to they? have you on, Dan. <laughs> um, I've, I've lost my chain of thought, surprisingly, there. Uh, so, yeah, so you joined us for the end of year pod. So, today, Sonia, myself, and Dan are going to go through our top 10 films of the year. Me and Sonia don't know what each other's top 10s <clears throat> are. Last year, we didn't have a single crossover of our top 10s. Mm. I think that's going to be different this year. We're going to work down from 10 to 1, <coughs> and then Sorry. there's going to be a second pod, which. We haven't decided how it's going to come up, but then we're going to talk <laughs> about where we've got everyone to vote. We'll do. Uh, we'll be doing our top five fil- TV of the year, our <laughs> bottom five or worst films of the year, and then like the listener and theatrical cut combined top ten films of the year, where we will unveil our fi- the theatrical cut 2019 film of the year. So, anyone want to say anything before we get cracking with the yeah. top tens? How did you um, get on with making your list? Was it easy? Hard? It was, I think, compared to last year, I got down to the 10 quicker, but ordering the 10, I mm. found. In the end, for a few of the positions that I wasn't sure of, I ended up on the time-honoured, I've watched that one more, and that's how I mm. ordered some of them. Yeah. What about you, Dan? I, there are so many films that I missed this year that I really wanted to watch, um, and I desperately tried to cram a couple in before doing this podcast, but... Um, Things that I think might feature on your list, I don't know whether this is spoilery, but um, Le Mans 66, I didn't get to see, which I really wanted to watch. Um, Jojo Rabbit, 
which technically is next year it's anyway. Yeah, it was an early screening day. that we all managed to miss. Yeah. So it's fine, Dan. None of us saw it. That's all right. Yeah. Um, and there was, there was a couple of other bits and pieces that will probably come up and I'll go, I really wanted to watch that and I didn't get a chance to watch it. So I think my list was more, these are films that I've seen that I didn't hate this year, more than <laughs> films that I've seen that I absolutely loved. But that, that being said, I like my top 10. I like all the films on my top 10. Bef- I don't know if you said this, about where we're going back to. Oh, no, I didn't say yet. So from our point of view, this isn't necessarily 2019. This is to the pod we recorded last year. So we recorded in early December. So there'll be a few films that technically came out in 2018. But right at the end. Yeah, but we will count. Because obviously there's quite a big thing for releasing things on Boxing Day. Like this year, you've got Little Women coming out on Boxing uh, Day. So Did a certain animated film? Did I have the choice for a certain animated film? That, that Or did that come out way earlier? Did you talk about Spider-Verse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was the last year. Mate. Yeah, no, that was right. last year. That's right then. I had that on my list too. What, what, yeah, I'd have, yeah. You know, it's because we went to see it at that IMAX thing. I, I saw it before though. I saw it just before it came out of the cinema. It came out of the cinema, like the, like the last week at the cinema. So yeah, that was... Uh, it came out in 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's all right then. I didn't want didn't to not have that on my list because I bloody love that film. Right. There's so, squeaky chairs, by the way. Yeah. 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 That, that, that We're on leather up. chairs yeah. today. The Dan finest. says it won't be picked up. It's literally all I can hear. Oh, God. Oh, He's not even on a leather chair. No, that was just Windy Pops. <laughs> oh. Right, so as Dan is the guest, we're going to start with him. So Dan, what is your 10th best film of the year? Let's start with a kick in the nuts, shall we? Hobbs and Shaw made my top 10 list. Um, I consider myself to be relatively uh, film literate, um, but also I love Jason Statham. And that's pretty much why that was on this list, as well as being... Uh, I wanted to put it higher, but I don't think I enjoyed it more than the other nine films on this list. And I, I took myself out of the situation and went, objectively, what films did I enjoy? Objectively, that's completely the wrong word. But anyway, what films did I enjoy this year the most? Uh, and Hobson Shaw, I don't think I enjoyed as much as the films ahead of it, whilst understanding that this isn't going to win any Oscars. It's not going to uh, win any awards, I'd imagine. But at the same time, I, I, I just absolutely love this film. More than any Fast and Furious film I've watched before. Oh, I completely agree. It's actually my number 10 as well, just ah. to, to skip ahead there. So yeah, for me, exactly the same. I had a lot of fun. I mean, we saw <coughs> it together, I think, didn't we, Dan? Mm. had a lot of fun watching it. I cackled in the right places. There's some films where I've cackled and it wasn't appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just think... Not mentioning any names. <laughs> yeah. The duo of The Rock and The State, I think, is great. Throwing in, obviously, Idris. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Nah. Um, Although I do think, I mean, this is a slightly different thing, but Ryan Reynolds, I'm sort of getting a bit tired of now because he is just Ryan Reynolds and everything he's in. He's just like Deadpool light when he's not being Deadpool. But I really liked it. It's it's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, there's a bit where The Rock is like (coughs) throwing a chain and manages to wrap it around the axle of a car at like 90 miles an hour. And he's like holding a helicopter from flying into the air. It's just, and there's one gratuitous shot where he's not wearing a shirt. And he runs to a car. And as he's running to the car, he's putting on a shirt. And it's clearly because they filmed those two scenes separately and went, <laughs> shit, he's wearing a shirt on the car. We need to see where he puts on a shirt. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It just um, it does more for the subject of family, which is what all the Fast and Furious films are about if you just listen to Vin Diesel. Continuous, yeah, grad growl family throughout every film. It does more for that than any other Fast and Furious film. And I, I thought there was a couple of like car moments in it. I'm like, this is your opportunity to move away from that. You don't need the cars anymore. This can just be basically a superhero film. I mean, Idris's bike, wow. Yeah. 
That was good. Yeah, it was, it was just, it's just a fun film. I really liked it. And talking about Staith, I was listening to a, another podcast and uh, it made me laugh. It was a special with Dexter Fletcher and Taron Egerton talking about Rocket Man. Yeah. And about like how Al Pacino loved the film and he'd come up to them and said and he said like we were at a special screening and Stafe came up and he was crying. <laughs> and he was just like, Dex, that, that's emotional that is. He went, Yeah, no, no, but like it's proper emotional that and they were like, Shit, Stafe's gonna kill us now. We've just said on a podcast that Jason Stafe <laughs> cried at Rocket Man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's got a heart as well. No, oh, that's good to know. But yeah. But it's, no, it's, yeah, I loved Hobson Shaw. Absolutely ridiculous, but just, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that's my number 10 as well. So, Sonia, what's your number 10? Well, isn't this funny? My number 10 is... <clears throat> it's Le Mans 66. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Hobson Shaw. So picking Similar, my, similar. Yeah, there's a, there's a car in it. Um, so picking my top 10... Um, the way I looked at it this year, different, different to last year, was... If I was to have all the films in front of me, which ones would I pull out to, to watch again right now? Mm. Um, and I guess the reason it's, it's number 10 and not higher on the list is because I've watched it quite recently. So there were possibly other films that came out earlier in the year, which I might decide to watch again sooner, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, now, we've already talked about this on the pod because we did a pod based on this. So I don't really need to go too much into... Um, the story, but it's easily one of the best films that I've seen this year, um, which was surprising to me because it's on a subject that I have very little interest in. So I was a bit concerned, even though I liked the trailers, I was a bit concerned if I was going to be entertained throughout the whole thing because I have no interest in motor racing. Um, <clears throat> but I really like the the two leads. I think it's very engaging. I think the action scenes, if we can call them that, the racing scenes are really yeah, They did a really good job of putting you like in the car. And, yeah, and good. I think Christian Bale's surely got to be up for an he's, Oscar. He's got to be nominated. I mean, I wouldn't um, be surprised if he won he's it at again. least got to be some talk about that. Very passable accent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Damon being Matt Damon. Yeah, I, I really, really loved it. I think it's, it's just an all-around solid film. It's... It's entertaining, it's emotional, it's interesting, it's got good race scenes, which I never thought I would enjoy outside of a Mad Max setting. So <laughs> On a road. Or Fast and Furious Track-based racing, as I yeah. believe we, we had on the track. Track-based racing, yeah. I never thought I'd enjoy a film like Cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here we have. So I've got, yeah, so Le Mans 66 or Ford versus Ferrari, as it seems to be more favourably known as. I think Le Mans 66 is only in like the UK. The American title is Ford versus Ferrari, which is why more people call it Ford versus Ferrari. I think it's a better title as well. So even if you don't like motor racing, mm. I think it's a good watch. Yeah, so this does come up on my list. So this is number six on my list. But you're not next. No, but... Oh, OK. We're talking about Le Mans, so I thought I might as well... Mm. Oh, OK. So yeah, I don't... is that how we're going to do it? Okay. Just talk about all... Do we just go round and I can just we can cut that bit, go round and I say, oh, and as Sonia already said, mine's number six. You can just yeah, when you, just, you can just tease at it that it's on your list as well. You could just say it's also on my list. Okay, and then I don't know. Or you don't have to because we'll probably say that a lot because there's probably quite a bit of crossover. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, it's up to you. Whatever, however you want to do it. Well, should we just ignore it then? Unless it's actually the same number like Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Okay, you. so just cut out where she says that's mine, and I won't mention it. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. So that's everyone's number 10's covered. So, Dan, what is your number nine? Uh, one of the ones I crammed in this week that I knew I was going to love because of the subject matter, and that's Blinded by the Light. Uh, I love Bruce Springsteen. 
Um, I didn't realize quite how much I love Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen Bruce. Until, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen until I watched Blinded by the Light uh, as I found myself. This nearly didn't make my list. Now, did it really? Did it really? Like, did I have an emotional connection with this film? Um, and then I realized that I think I cry sang throughout the whole film. Oh, that's something I would like to see. I was going to yeah. say, what, what an erotic thought. Yeah. <laughs> Just sobbing into you know, his beard, singing to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> you know when, um, when you're doing that kind of like... Cause it's I was like watching... anti-erotica, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the opposite of ASMR, yeah. You can send it to uh, sex addicts to put them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so... prescribe you watching Dan. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Just uh, talking about my emotions and that's all good. <laughs> um, but it's, so, I watched, so I watched the film. And for starters, the actual film itself is great. It's relatively close to where we live as well, so there's that connection. Ooh. Lutonian mentions uh, Emma. He's going out with a girl, Emma, who worked at HMV in St Albans, which appeals to me because I worked. Do you know her? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> except there wasn't an HMV in the eighties in St Albans, so you know they got that wrong. But there we go. Um, I just think um, then then the way the songs are done, with the lyrics come up on the screen, and and the idea that it's this guy who's who's listening to someone that has uh, an idea of how he's feeling whilst going through something completely different mm-hmm. to how he ever went through, anything he ever went through. They couldn't really be much more different, could No, they? exactly. Um, the, I particularly love the bit where they actually go to New Jersey as well. Um, I, I think, I just think it's a great film. And yeah, I, I, the, the lyrics would come up and I'd be singing along, but at the same time, I was in a house where there were other people and I didn't want them to hear me singing, so I was kind of doing that... <laughs> Like we're, oh, I'm fully aroused, Terry. I don't know about you. <laughs> Whispery. Like, I'm feeling myself welling up because I just absolutely love Bruce Springsteen. Um, and it's it, it, it hit me on an emotional connection. I didn't think it would hit me. I knew I was going to like this film. I didn't know I'd like it as much as I did. Uh, and the main character is sympathetic. You like his best friend in it as well. You like... The, the people you're meant to like in this film, you like. And the people you're meant to hate in this film, you hate. It does a good job of portraying... Uh, what I believe growing up um, as an Asian teenager in the 80s would have been like, particularly in Luton as well, with all the National Front movements and stuff. I love this film. Really, really good. I remember Rob Brydon being in it. Yeah. Yeah, as like uh, his friend's dad, who loves Bruce Springsteen as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I I texted you after I saw it at the cinema and said about, we should do that trip. Yeah. Where you go and see all like the the Bruce See, I'd be well up for that. Because on top of which, then you get to go to uh, do the Kevin Smith one as well. Because they're just down the road, and then you're in to... Luton. No, no. God. Oh, oh I thought you meant uh, in New Jersey. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about going around. Luton. I was thinking, why the fuck? Would you Come want on, to Dan. Go let's to go Luton? to Newondale. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you do the Bruce Spring, You go to Asbury Park. You go to all those areas, and then also on top of which, you get to go to uh, Jan Silent Bob's Secret Stash, his comic shop in in New Jersey. You get to meet the people from Tell Them Steve Dave podcast. I love and and the the Kevin Smith tour as well. We're going off which. topic now. Yeah. Reel it in, Dan. Sorry. Reel it in. Reel Sorry. it in. It's blind by the lights, a good film. There you go. Yeah, I, I think we saw an unlimited screening of that, didn't we? Or I, I yeah. think I did. I think I enjoyed it. I'm not as big a Bruce fan mm. as you are. But you know, I thought it was good. Yeah, I loved it. Terry's not a blue collar worker like us. No, yeah. I'm head to toe in denim right now, so yeah, that's not true. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. No. I don't know what that is. It's a, Does that mean you're not wearing pants? Canadian tuxedo <laughs> is a denim, denim jacket and denim trousers. Ooh. So, yeah. <coughs> Preferably the same colour. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. I'll shut up. All right. So, number nine for me then um, is Knives Out. That's so, the film I wanted to see. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. There you go. See? 
uh, which again I believe we saw an unlimited screening of this, which I was really excited for this film. I'm a big fan of Rian Johnson, um, and this has got quite the ensemble cast. So you've got Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, the girl, the Spanish girl, Aria, I think her name is. Captain Tony America. Collette. I said Chris Evans, didn't I? Oh, I don't know. I don't Chris, know real people. Christopher names. Plummer, Daniel Craig doing a very Tony pass. Collette. Have you said her? I literally just said her. Jesus Christ. Craig. I need to say Craig David then. Craig Rebel Horwood. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel David, imagine it. <laughs> Daniel Craig doing a very passable southern accent, I thought. Although it does wobble a couple of times. Um, so yeah, I really, really like this film. I like this sort of I mean it's not quite caper, is it, but the sort of who done it vibe. Uh, very much in a sort of Agatha Christie sort of a sentiment where it's literally just almost entirely set within one house where a, a murder slash, well, no, it's a suicide slash is it a murder has occurred and pretty much anyone in the family has motive to have committed it and Daniel Craig is the crack sleuth who's been brought in to try and track down what's happened. It's very tricky. It's very, you see things from different points of view, no one in the film is that likeable. Say so they all have their sort of five free balls of. What about the maid? I mean, not the, the maid, the uh, nurse. Yeah, the nurse. She's probably the most likeable. Then she's still there's still bits in it. I think where I think there's obviously a deliberate effort by Rian Johnson to mislead and make you think one thing's happening. So there's bits where there's bits where you're sympathetic to most characters and mm. there's bits where you're not sympathetic towards characters. Um, but yeah, I just really liked it. It's got a real sort of Cluedo-y sort of vibe. The house, I think, is really interesting, the way they've set it up. Like, each room is very different. It's literally just this house in the middle of nowhere. Everyone's performance in it is really, really good. I mean, I don't want to talk too much plot-wise, because I say it's it's very much a... It is a whodunit. It is a whodunit that flips and flops all <coughs> over the place. But um, yeah, I mean, shout out to Chris Evans and his knitwear. Um, he wears a smashing, like, jumper in this. Um, and there's also a smashing scene where he says eat shit about 50 times, which is quite refreshing from Captain America in his language. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, Knives Out, was really excited to see it. I think it lived up to what I was hoping to get from it. Um, yeah, really, really like Knives Out. Cool. Son, what's your number nine? I won't say too much about my number nine, because uh, my number nine is the film Knives Out, which <laughs> Terry and I saw at an unlimited screening. We, probably, we obviously liked it equally as much as each other. Um, I've on my notes here I've just written um, Agatha Christie-esque murder mystery which is what you said all-star cast um, I absolutely loved it I found it funny and intriguing mm. C- couldn't really work out which way it was going to go until it yeah, wanted you to yeah, it very much leads you down a path then takes you down another path yeah I just thought I just thought it was really well done really really entertaining like you say the, all, the all-star cast and it is an all-star cast just work so well together mm. um I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis and Tony Collette together. Yeah. It was just, it was just magical. Tony Collette clearly having a lovely time. Yeah, being she plays like a real quite bitch, a bitchy doesn't she? Yeah. Um, definitely one to watch. Dan, you should get on. That oh, still, 100%. is it it's still, still on? at the yeah, cinema? Yeah, because yeah, we yeah. saw an early. It's definitely release. worth a look. It's really good fun. Yeah, after Christmas, if, I, if it's still on between Christmas and New Year, <laughs> I'll, I'll go to it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I've told lots of people about Knives Out, and when when I've been to see other films and trailers have come on for it, I've said to whoever I'm with. If you haven't seen it, you mm. must watch Knives Out. Yeah, no, it's, really it's definitely fun. on the list. Definitely, yeah. that, that and Le Mans is definitely on the list. So I need to go see those. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to number eight, Dan. Spider-Man, Far From Home. I love, I love Marvel films. Um, Do you? That, that's yeah. never come through in I, any I, of your I, podcasting. I, I didn't I, know that about Dan. No. I am a fan of, of Marvel films, and I'm particularly a fan of the Spider-Man films. Uh, Homecoming I thought was great, and then 
if you want to include Into the Spider-Verse and that, then that's one of my favourite superhero films of all time. I thought I'd get a mention. It came out in 2018. No, no, I thought I'd get a mention. Uh, but Far From Home continues the story of uh, Peter Parker in this one. Uh, he's been through the ringer. He's been beaten up. He's disappeared. He's come yeah, he's back. Been snapped. And now he just wants to um, move on, be a teenager, and um, and spend time with his girlfriend. Unfortunately, with great power comes great responsibility, and as a result, he has to step up and be Spider-Man throughout a film where he's reluctantly becoming Spider-Man, but realizes that his reluctance has caused him to make a ton of mistakes. I, li- I like the Spider-Man films because they're human. He is mm. one of the most human superheroes that we get because we kind of feel like he, he does a lot of things that if teenage me was was him and I had those powers I'd probably do a lot of what he does but he's a lot braver than I would be mm. um, he, he trusts adults at times because he's only a teenager in this when not necessarily maybe he shouldn't trust some adults because they're they're stranger danger they haven't got his best interests at heart he's constantly looking for another father figure uh, it looks in different directions, looks at uh, Mysterio. Obviously, Tony Stark's gone. Spoiler alert. Is that spoiler alert? Oh, whatever. Obviously, Tony Stark's not available in this particular situation. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Happy steps up as, as potentially the yeah. father figure that he's, he'd kind of been looking for. I really for. like Happy in this film. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's a good... His relationship with um, with uh, with Aunt with Aunt May as well is fantastic. Yeah. I really like Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, and I'm... Um, I don't like to put anything on the list because of the end credit sequences, but it's one two of the more. Oh, it's one of the best like end endings to a film. Although yeah. I think even like Homecoming, where like May catches him, yeah. and he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck." yeah, yeah, yeah. Both films have ended with him saying "fuck," but being cut off before yeah. he says it. So, I, so I really like that as well. And it would have been a crying shame if we didn't get any more Spider-Man in the Marvel MCU. Mm. So, I'm glad that got, all got worked out. It made my long list. Oh, yeah, really? it was. Uh, yeah. It was probably in my top 15 to 20 but didn't get down because mm. what I love about Spider-Man is like the sort of the smaller stakes yeah because it's he is like your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man it's not necessarily about saving the world it's about saving his his friends mm. his school trip and stuff like that the, um, the, shout out to the two teachers as well they're very oh, good they're fantastic very good comic relief in this the Avengers level threat in this is is I mean you know I don't want to give anything away but it's not what it says yeah, it Jake Gyllenhaal is. again clearly having a lovely time as yeah. Mysterio yeah definitely I love it. Great. Uh, so number eight for me is a film that not many people would have seen because it hasn't really had any sort of cinematic release is Jay and Silent Bob re- the reboot. So jealous. Um, so I got managed to get a ticket to see it at the Prince Charles where there was a talk with Kevin Smith before and afterwards it turned out. Um, so yeah, so, so this is Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So this is Kevin Smith's latest film in the View Askew universe. So if you're not aware of Kevin Smith, he's obviously made More Rats, Chasing Amy, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, of which this is a direct sequel to. Um, he was a man who lived life how he wanted to live it. He was a very large man. Mm. About 18 months ago, he had a severe heart attack, which I believe was called the Widowmaker because 90% of people that mm. have that kind of heart attack die. Yeah. He luckily did not die and he sort of rejuvenated and he, he'd sort of put the View Askew universe away and he wanted to do different things, but he realised that fuck it, I just want to make films that I want to make. So he's gone back. And this film is very much like a love letter to him, his mm. friends. I mean, at the screening I was at, obviously it was a very different kind of screening because it was in London. It was, it was very much people that loved that film. There was no one there who hadn't seen a View Askey film. Mm. So there was a lot of whooping, a lot of cheering as people like Jason Lee appear on screen, Ben Affleck, Jason Mewes, um, Kevin Smith's wife, whose name I forget, has quite a big role in Jennifer the film Schwabach. as well. His daughter's in it as well. So there's lots... 
And it's, I mean, plot-wise, it is basically Jay and Silent Bob again. So it is, they had a comic book written about them. The comic book has been sold to Hollywood. Hollywood are now rebooting that film. They don't want the film to be rebooted. So it's them travelling to Hollywood to stop the reboot happening. But if you don't know Jay and Silent Bob, they're two stoners... Silent Bob, played by Kevin Smith, does not speak, although he speaks a lot more in this one than he does in any of the other ones. Mm. But it's just absolutely stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is bloody hilarious. And it is just, it's just one of those really nice, feel good films where there's no cynicism, there's no sort of shit in it. Um, the credits is like this really long sort of deleted scenes thing. And there's a lovely sort of interview with him and Stan Lee at the end because Stan Lee was originally going to be in the mm. film, but obviously ultimately was unable to due to dying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> lovely way of putting it. I'll put a cropper on that, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you're into your View Ask You, if you've not seen any View Ask You films, do not watch this film because you mm. won't get any of it. You need to at least watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But I love all of the View Ask You films. Dogma is one of my favourite mm-hmm. films. So if you're into it, watch it. If you're not, like, watch the other ones. They're all very short, very worth your time, but it's, it's just a lovely, lovely film. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is my ultimate like hangover film because yeah. you just sit and watch it ha- let, let it happen in front of you basically so I'm really looking forward to seeing this one I love Kevin Smith so. is yeah. it coming out at normal cinema? Uh, I think not because it's out on like DVD in January mm. I think it's sort of skipped it, he did because I don't even think it's got like a wide release in America because he's done a road show in America because he said pretty much every time it has been screened he has been present he's, he's done this the last couple of films so yeah. like with um, did he ever release Moose Jaws in the end in this country? I don't, think, it's, it? I don't no. think he's made it yet. Because, he, he, yeah, there was Moose Jaws, there was in Yoga the Q- Hoses. There was Yoga Hoses, which I don't yeah. think got general release, but no. it was at the Prince Charles. But he said yeah. Moose Jaw, he's actually rewriting it. Oh, really? Because originally it had Giant Silent Bob in it, and they both got killed. Yeah. So now he's rewriting it because he doesn't want to kill the characters off. And then We're going on a yeah, tangent now, and Sonia Tusk, looks very Tusk annoyed. As well as the other I'm not annoyed. No, oh, yeah. yeah, and obviously Tusk. Bordering we all love Tusk. Oh, fucking yeah. Tusk. Christ. But yeah, and I'm very excited about watching that, so I can't wait to see it. But yeah, Giant Silent Bob reboot. Sonia, what's your number eight? Well, my number eight is Green Book. Mm. So regular listeners will, if you can recall back that far, will remember that Terry had this in his list last year because he was lucky enough to see a preview of it. It was a very early preview. Yeah, because it, it was a secret released. screening, yeah. The film wasn't released until the 1st of February. I think I saw it in like November. It was really, yeah, it really, really early. early. Um, so this is a story, I mean... It did come out very early in the years. There's a good chance a lot of people have seen it. I think it's on Prime now. It is on Prime, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, It's the story of a black musician who's touring the Deep South. It's in the 60s. Quite why he's touring the Deep South, I don't know. But he employs Tony Lips. Lip. Lip. um, To essentially be his driver and bodyguard because he doesn't feel safe travelling around the Deep South, and rightly so. The film gets its name from an actual green book, which details where black people can go. Yes. So restaurants that they can eat in, hotels hotels they can stay in. So whilst Tony is having a lovely time staying in nice hotels, matey boy, I can't remember his name, Dr... Dr John. John Shirley? Don Shirley. I can't remember. Definitely Dr Shirley. He... He's staying down the road in a literal dump in comparison because he's not allowed places. He will go and play at people's homes and they won't let him use the toilet inside because he's black. It's really not an easy watch, but it's still definitely worth a watch. 
I think um, the there's a, there are some obviously dreadful lows, but I think mm. there's quite a lot of really nice highs in the film as well. Yeah, so yeah, I think definitely. It definitely balances out. Yeah. The main thing that you that I you know that I took from this is that you start off with these two characters that are so completely different, come from completely different backgrounds, and by by spending time together, they end up as they end up as friends. They respect each other. And it's based on a true story and they remain friends for the rest yeah. of their lives, didn't they? And they had that lovely bit at the end where they had the, the real, real pictures. pictures of yeah. them side by side. Um, and that was, that was the really nice thing about it. Yeah, you saw all the shit going on whilst they were touring, but at the end of it, Tony like always had his back. Yeah. Really, didn't he? He kind of... He was throwing around like casual racism, wasn't yeah. he? At there's the a start. Really, there's a really clunky scene at the beginning where... It's intimated that he's racist with the glasses. With the guys, yeah, with the guys coming to do some work at his it house. It felt like they just possibly they'd filmed it and thought, you know what, we need to show that he's racist he's a bit a more, bit and they racist, just put it yeah. in. It didn't really fit with the rest of the film, but but yeah, a really a really lovely road trip slash friend mm. movie um, that just happens to be horribly racist mm. in parts, but it's available on Prime. I'm sure you can buy it. Yes, now definitely, yeah, definitely worth a look. Yeah, because I just like how they both grow out of it. It's not just like Tony not being racist anymore. He brings like Shirley out of his sort of out ivory tower, he's I very, guess you'd say. Yeah, he's very excluded, isn't he? Yeah, he's very exclu- but, but almost like, his, I think, yeah, he's done it himself, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's done it to himself, but he like brings him back to the world. And you've got to go a long way to beat the KFC scene yeah. in the car. Mm. That That is absolute movie magic. We won't spoil it for you. No. We did that a year ago. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> Uh, so that's our number eight. Dan, what is your number seven? Ad Astra. I really liked Ad Astra. I love, I love space films anyway. I particularly love this kind of, the idea of complete isolation in space. And that's what this plays on. But it's also a film about loss. It's a film about uh, unresolved loss. The, the idea that loss of a loved one doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to hit you immediately. It might take like a photograph or, or like a, a video or someone saying something about a lost loved one for you to realise that see them in a completely different light and that's what this is story is uh, Brad Pitt uh, is an astronaut and he's forced to go deal with a situation that involved his dad who's out in deep space further than anyone's ever been uh, trying to find uh, a new energy source I believe that's one thing I can't quite remember it is a new energy source isn't it they're trying to find oh no he's trying to find energy aliens he's trying to yeah, find yeah he's got trying some to, sort of Ended, yeah. engine or something trying to find proof of of uh life outside the universe or outside the, the uh, solar system yeah because he's like sending a yeah. signal out or something isn't he so it deals with with loneliness in the sense that brad pitt spends most of the film pretty much on his own um and he seems fine with it this is the person that is the 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 best trained for this situation and it, it begins to it begins to deteriorate his mental health throughout the film things go wrong with because he's determined to complete this mission but but at the end of it, it's it's about him trying to find his dad, who he finds out isn't dead after all. Um, and if worse comes to worse, kill his dad to stop him from doing what he's doing, which could have catastrophic effects on on the world, on the the, the solar system. I I really like this film because a I think the acting is fantastic in it. Uh, B I really like I say uh, films about loneliness, particularly set in space. <laughs> like, but that's so you can cry and sing along. Yeah, exactly. No, but it, it, it's it's. Like space films, space is about as lonely a place as it mm. gets. And, and if you can just tap into that, which this film does really well, then it does a really good job of um, making you feel like isolation and, and uh, 
uh, much like uh, something like Castaway does a good job of that as well. This does that, but obviously in space. I think there are some uh, shitty points that were obviously put in there because the studio wanted them in there. And we talk about the random action scenes. Random action scenes. No resemblance to the rest of the film, yeah. <laughs> Did not need to be there at all. But but in general, I thought it was just a fantastic film, well acted, um, and it really taps into the idea of like loss of loved ones and, and the idea that something seeing something from a different point can set set them off and realise that they might not necessarily be the person you thought they were. Mm. Yeah, no, really liked it. Again, obviously, we did a pod based on this, didn't we, where we did our space films, where you were bored rigid, Son. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, no, I really enjoyed Ad Astro. Like you say, I just like the sort of slow, steady, ambling nature of mm. it. And, again, there's two action scenes in it that were clearly, like you say, the studio went, oh, we need a bit more in here. Let's have a car chase. Let's have yeah. a, a rabid monkey. Yeah. Um, and they just don't fit. But, yeah, no, I really, really like that as a film. Mm. Uh, so my number seven uh, is possibly one that, had you given me a list of all the films coming out for 2019, I would have gone, that's going to be shit. Uh, it's Doctor Sleep. So I really, really like Doctor Sleep. Mm. Um, so obviously this is a sequel to The Shining, which I've not read the book because I'm very underread because I'm a, a simpleton. <laughs> um, but from my understanding, this film is based on the film of The Shining and not on the book of The Shining because uh, the, stu- the studio want... No, I, th- I can't remember if the studio or the director, but they were like, no one associates The Shining with the book they think of the film, so this needs to follow on from the film. Um, so this follows Danny having grown up after the events of The Shining um, or The Shinning if you're watching The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> it will always be The Shinning. It will indeed. Um, and essentially he's grown up. He he did become an alcoholic. He's now clean. He's living a lovely life in some random outback town uh, with Cliff Curtis as his sort of sponsor. And he's sort of living a good life now. And then he starts to connect with this young girl um, through the shilling. Telepathically, yeah, we yeah. should add. Through the shilling, <laughs> yeah. He's not just rocking up to young girls. Not on Grindr or anything like that. <laughs> Grindr? I don't know. That's a, is it just chaps on there? I don't yeah, know. Well, no, yeah, that's, that's a chaps only one. Just, is it, I don't know if it's just chaps. It's definitely same-sex relationships. So. Yeah, but like, they could be pretending. Do you see what I mean? Okay. I watched an episode of Catfish last night. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, making your TV series list. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so back to Dr. Sleep. Um, so, yeah, so he has <laughs> Sorry, that and there's a sort of supplementary plot happening alongside you've got Rebecca Ferguson what's her name? I've completely blanked her name but looking ravishing in a lovely top hat and essentially she also has the shinning and her and her group basically survive by finding other people with the shining and stealing their steam um, which they get by horrendously torturing people because if they're scared the, the steam is stronger so, essentially, this young girl that Danny has connected with is very, very powerful in the shin. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. So they um, they're after her, and it becomes a sort of cat and mouse chase between the Danny and her and Rebecca Ferguson's group. And it's just, I just think it's really well done. There's lots of sort of stuff that I think could have been quite silly. So there's a lot of stuff in almost astral plane where they're projecting themselves into places. Rebecca Ferguson has this bit where she literally like flies through space back onto earth where she's trying to track her down. And I feel like that could have looked really shit, but I think went really well. There's some really horrible fucking injuries that happen. I say there's some really sort of hard to watch torture scenes as well, where they're trying to get the steam out of some people uh, because spoiler kids it tastes better again um and and ultimately we end up back at the overlook hotel uh for reasons i won't go into but yeah it's just 
it's Danny trying to win over. There's a lovely scene where Danny turns up at the little girl's house and the dad is just like, who the fuck are you? Where, why have you been talking to my daughter? And I'm glad that that scene was in there and there wasn't just sort of this brushed over thing of, oh yeah, you've both got the shining. Off you pop with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> there was a sort of what is going on here sort of element. But no, I really liked it. So I think they handled all the sort of potential odd elements really well. There is like some scenes from The Shining that they've reshot for this film and it's kind of jarring seeing someone else being Jack Nicholson I in see, The Shining. I think, they, I think they did those really well. They did them well, but it still was odd. I th- I liked the fact that they used... I like the fact they didn't just... Yeah, if you like. I like the fact they didn't just chop it in because mm. I think they did it because there's bits where he as an older Danny interacts with them and had mm. they used they would have had to have used a lookalike at some point so they've just used a lookalike throughout the whole thing although the shot of the blood pouring out of the lift that is a reused shot mm. from the original they didn't do that again because I imagine the clean up bill was quite hefty yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah no Doctor Sleep as I say I wouldn't have pegged that as a film that I would enjoy but I really really enjoyed it I thought it was so I've not read the books I thought it was really clever I thought it did things I wasn't expecting yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Mm. I was really worried when we saw the trailers for it. I was really worried because I worry about everything that Ewan McGregor does because <laughs> it, it can go either yeah, way. Not just, not just films. I it's didn't either, even yeah. mention that it's Ewan McGregor. And it's, again, it's I was either a bit, brilliant or it's it's a festering turd. Yeah. And I was or so it's his worried. Mexican French candlestick. Because I love the shinning, and I was I was thinking to myself of all the people they could have got. Why have they got him? But actually, I th- I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, and it's a it's job. a long run time. And it didn't feel it dragged a tiny, tiny bit towards the end. Yeah, I think if I recall, it has a sort of like a couple of endings, doesn't it? I feel like it could yeah. have chopped so one it, off. There was a little bit towards the end that we could have just removed, but even so, it didn't drag too much. No. I was, I was very happy with it. It made my long, long list. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? I haven't watched it. Oh, like, okay. I haven't watched any of the films that you've mentioned so far, oh, which really? is really bad. Like it says, says I, about how I long said Hobbs and Shaw. Is oh yeah, years, yeah. That's got, we've Hobbs had one crossover. Hobbs and Shaw is the one thing, <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the glue that binds <laughs> us. Um, my number seven is Official Secrets. I went to see this with Rich from the fan club, and I really, really enjoyed it. I do like a good drama. Is this Kira? It's Kira Knightley, yeah. So this is the story of a whistleblower who leaked information to the press in the immediate build-up to the Iraq War. She she plays a very like unassuming woman. It's you know it's based on a true story. She plays this very unassuming character. There's no like there's no glamorous elements to this film. There's no special effects. There's no like big sets or anything. It's just. Could it almost be a play? Is it, is it a play that's been turned into a film, possibly? No, it's just it's just a true mm. story. I mean, she this this woman really did go, or she was going to go on trial for tre- was treason. It treason, treason, yeah. espionage, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'd be treason. But you you kind of if you don't know the story, I mean, I don't I don't I don't follow the news, um, so I wasn't really fully aware of the story when I went into it. So I won't talk about the story too much in case like me you're not aware and you haven't seen the film but it just it the pace of it is just quick enough if you like to keep you engaged all the mm. way through because potentially it could be quite a boring subject mm. people talking about official secrets and she there's a lot of scenes of Kira Knightley sat on the sofa shouting at the telly shouting <laughs> at politicians and I'm just like oh my god it could be now um that so sounds like my would, life. Who would, she, box. who would she have been shouting at? I would oh, say Tony Blair. Was it nineties? Yeah, to be Tony yeah. Blair. Yeah, shouting at Tony Blair, calling him a bloody liar and stuff like War that. War criminal. Hmm. 
Um, and what's interesting as well is that her partner in the film, he's not from the UK, so they use him to kind of get to her. They One day, people just turn up at her house and take her husband, saying that they only got married so he could stay in the country. Uh, that old chestnut. Yeah, and so for a whole day, she doesn't know where he is because they're just holding him somewhere and they won't release him. And that's another thing that her sort of team of lawyers are kind of saying, well, you can't do this. It's, it's a good political thriller. Mm. It kept us very entertained throughout i just think it's really really good really entertaining it's very much my radar that's my yeah no i want to see it but i've not had chance to yet it's not necessarily one that i would rush out to see at the cinema yes i saw it at the cinema and i've always said that like things like things like that don't need to be seen at the cinema Mm. because of how they look but at the same time i still prefer seeing all of my films on the big screen yeah so based on a true story it's very very gripping Mm. i think but watching a film at the cinema forces you to watch the film. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's one thing that, that, that one good thing about watching a film at the cinema. So it doesn't have to be something you have to watch at the cinema. But no, but sometimes the subject matter can send you to sleep. Oh yeah. So it doesn't necessarily force you to watch the film, but yeah. you're more likely to. Yeah, you're not going to pop your phone out and stuff like that. Depends no. how many people are in the screen. Mm. No, I but never do that. I'm more, not one of those people. More people, more and more people are doing that now. At the cinema. Oh yeah. Oh, honestly, I'd put them to death. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'd that, line them up against the wall and I would shoot them. The crowd we had at Ad Astra. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, let's not get back onto that. Uh, we've already, you've already mentioned that. I've, I've heard that, so yeah. yeah sorry, I'll shut up. Mm. Twats. All right, so that's all of our lucky day. number sevens. Yeah. So, Dan, let's move on to number six. John Wick 3, Parabellum. I love the John Wick films. What does Parabellum mean? Uh, it's war or right. something like that, or it's yeah. a type of gun. It's, it's yeah. I thought I, it was some kind of, like, I always, cream. I always <laughs> wanted to call it John Wick 3, Parane- Paraneum, which is... <laughs> <laughs> something completely different um, yeah that, that's the um, sexy version it's probably version, available it? yeah. yeah it's not a sexy, <coughs> sexy version it was like the <laughs> least <laughs> sexy part yeah. <laughs> you know like men in black men and stuff like yeah that. <laughs> I've never heard that before <laughs> we, uh, that, uh, just quickly I, I will get back to it We uh, at work uh, when I worked in St Albans um, trying to think of uh, sexy names for films um and uh, my boss at the time obviously wanted to go with some work. And he goes, the answer you're looking for is the by Curious Case of Benjamin's Butthole. Okay, now let's get <laughs> on with it. Okay. Um, John Wick Par- 3 Parabellum uh, is a return to form after a slightly less good John Wick 2, which I still really, really like. Mm. Um, and just works really well. I mean, you need to know the story, but works really well in just furthering this story, this mystique around this character that we've seen who starts off as just going on a uh, tour of revenge in the first film to to uh, after someone kills his dog, although there's obviously more to it than that. This one goes into the backstory, goes into his history, goes into where he's from, and I didn't roll my eyes throughout the whole film. Um, the action set pieces are simply there because they said, wouldn't it be cool if... Oh, yeah. Um, and then the rest of the film works around them, but the set pieces are so damn good that it doesn't matter. Like, my favourite bit is when they're having um, a fight in an antiques weaponry shop. Oh. And, like, they start off just, like, hitting each other and then look around and then start throwing knives at each other. It's great. And then when he's trying to put the gun together, has to put the barrel yeah. in, put it together. Uh, it's the invention of horse foo as well, which yeah. is uh, him fighting on a horse with a horse. Um, yeah. Against people on motorbikes. On, against people on motorbikes. Uh, it's got a compelling bad guy, compelling bad guys. It's got a twist that I genuinely didn't see coming. Um, although I probably should have. It's got 
uh, Lawrence Fishburne eating the scenery, like yeah. to a point where there is luckily there is any buildings left in New York. Uh, and once again, everyone is an assassin in New York, in New York as we yeah. we thought at the end of John Wick Two. I absolutely love this film. I thought it was fantastic. Is it the longest you've ever gone without rolling your eyes? No, no. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, the film we saw last night that that definitely breaks the record for probably the quickest I've rolled my eyes. But yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. My, my yeah. eyes got quite the workout last night. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. did you go too? Yeah. I haven't, we haven't discussed this yet. There's I specifically of... said to Terry, I was like, don't tell me anything about it because I want mm. to hear yeah. if it comes up on the pod. Maybe not. <clears throat> Unlikely. It's not, it's not come up yet, has it? Um, so, um, yeah, no, I, I, love, I love this film. I, I, I don't like calling it a silly action film because the amount of effort they put into it is... It's genuine. The amount of thought they put into the action scenes is is staggering, and on a different level to any other action film that we're seeing That's in the mainstream at the a, moment. A stunt coordinator as a director. Yeah, I don't think Terry and I have clenched our bottoms quite as much as we did um, in the first twenty minutes of John Wick Three. Yeah, the first twenty minutes mm. is just fucking relentless. Kill someone with a book. He kills. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about the book. I, I remember constant wincing like, yeah. from the whole audience. There was probably like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. <sighs> lots of gasps. Because there's the bit where, like, lots in, of clenching. Like in every film you have where someone's fighting with a knife, you get the bit where it gets really close to someone's yeah. eye. And then in every other film, they then pull it away. In yeah. this film, he then stabs him through the fucking eye yeah. with the yeah. knife. And it's got one of my favourite um, uh, heist scenes in in a not heist. It's it's in a, a captured hotel basically where, where it's, it's the. Um, God, what they call the Continental, yeah. and they've got to protect the Continental, and they've got this this armor that is just unreal that yeah. stops bullets, and so they have to get bigger guns. And there's the moment where they go, bigger guns, eh? And yeah. then they have to go back out there, all while Ian McShane drinks a brandy. Yeah, fucking love that film. Yeah, I really like it. Cool. So my number six has already been mentioned previously. So it is Le Mans '66 or Ford versus Ferrari. So obviously, Sonia had it as her number ten. Was it? Already? Yeah, your number ten. Uh, so just to add everything, I mean, I think possibly it's higher on my list because I like racing and I like motorsport mm. a bit more. Um, for me, like, I mean, we talked about it again on a pod before. Like, it re- you really feel like you're in the car when they're driving. There's the bit where um, Matt Damon's character takes the boss of Ferrari, uh, the boss of Ford in the car to show him what they've done. And you really feel that man pissing his pants while he's <laughs> speeding around in that car. Um, and yet Christian Bale, like, just he just feels really real obviously mm. he is a real character but sometimes you watch a film based on a true story and you're like well that bit didn't happen and I don't I didn't get the sense of any of this film being like made up or mm. dramatised for it like the best moments like there's a really nice scene right at the beginning where we find, meet his wife but she's sort of introduced in quite a fun way where it's like they're flirting and then you realise that they're actually husband and wife and there's no sort of there's drama between the two of them but it's cleaned up very quickly there's no sort of hanging on to things um, but yeah just not going to go on too much, but yeah, I just really, really like this film. Like you say, it was quite long, but it wasn't long at all. It just absolutely zipped mm. by. And yeah, just an amazing story, really. So yeah, that's Le Mans 66 is my number six. So 666. Mm. Oh yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia's woken up. <laughs> you summoned the devil. Um, my number six is Blinded by the Light. Nice. Mm. Obviously, this has already been mentioned earlier. What was it? What number was it for you, Dan? Uh, number nine. Number nine. So this is a story. Did you see this? You didn't see it at the cinema, did you? Is this I watched one it of the this ones? week. Yeah. Is it out? Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. So 
There's been a few films out this year that are sort of based on the music of... Mm. Yeah, musical biopics are very popular. Of Based on the music rather than a story about the musician. Mm. So the, there was Yesterday using the Beatles music and there was recently Last Christmas using the music of George Michael. But this is different in the sense that it's really a tribute to mm. Bruce Springsteen. Um, like Dan, I'm a big, big fan of The Boss... It's based on the book Greetings from Berry Park, where, you know, this I didn't guy. Know that. Yeah. Mm. What, you didn't know the name it's of the book? the book? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he wrote like a, like his memoirs, mm. if you like, and talked about his, his love of Bruce and how is it he like helped famous, him. Or is he just famous for writing this book? No, I guess he's just famous now mm. for writing the book. His name is, I'm probably going to uh, butcher his name. Safraz Manzor, although his mm. character in the film is Javed. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I won't say too much because Dan's already sort of explained what the, what the story is. It's, but it's his struggles. You know, his family moved over to Britain when he was very young. So he's, he identifies as British, but he's also Muslim. Mm. But he's living in an area, Luton, which let's say has its troubles so growing up for him was quite hard and then at the age of 16 his friend gives him a cassette of the river I think it was mm. and it was almost as if his life changed the instant he put that tape on I mean when he's first listening to it it's sort of like dancing down the street it's just so brilliant and like Dan enjoyed all the sort of lyrics coming up on the mm. screen and stuff it was so cleverly done yeah. but it was so it just it like gave me goosebumps watching it because I love those films like so so much mm. And it really, like, is a really, like, uplifting film, but also, like, quite emotional at times, just because I think you probably felt the same way. Well, you said you were, like, yeah. cry singing. Um, <laughs> that because you love the song so much, yeah. it, like, really hits yeah, you. Yeah. You think, I know how he feels, because I feel that way about those songs, too. I mean, obviously, I don't feel as deeply about no. the songs, because I haven't written a book about them. But of all the films that have come out, like this, this mm. year, based on the music of an artist. Yeah. This is my absolute favourite. He, um, it's, uh, it just, I love any time Clarence Clements comes in with the saxophone as well. And just going for it, it's emphasised like when you're watching a film and something emotional is happening. And it, yeah, it, it just really hit me, this one. I really liked it. I could almost, t you could tell in the screening as mm. well that the audience were connecting with it more yeah. than the other films as well mm. there's there's just something about bruce yeah isn't there yeah, I, th I think he appeals to i think you can look into bruce springsteen lyrics and find something that is relevant to most people but even if you don't look into the lyrics i just yeah. think there's something about the songs and just i just think well yeah i'm, songs I'm biased you by the throat yeah. i'm biased because i like bruce yeah but really really excellent films and it was it was funny seeing mm. scenes of luton yeah on the big screen and I would say there was equal measure of like cheering and booing when <laughs> yeah. scenes of Luton came up on yeah. the screen. Certainly it was in quite the Hebel funny. screenings. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite funny. Hmm. So yeah, Blinded by the Lights is out to buy now. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. Really yeah. excited. I'll lend it you if you want. Oh, thanks very much. No worries. All right, so now on to number five then, Oh, so we're into like the top end yeah, now. Yeah, the top end. These are, these are the creme de la creme. These are the big guns. This is one I expected to like, but didn't expect to like it as much as I liked it. And that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love films where I get to watch actors just act. And that's what this is. I, I get the feeling Gwen Tarantino's direction was setting up a world to live in. Um, 
setting up the actual plot of the, the story and then just letting uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt uh, and Margot Robbie just kind of take, put their own spin on what they want to do with the film. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is just just really... He's likeable. Like You're rooting for him in this film, but he's not necessarily a likeable person. Brad Pitt just seems to like be the complete opposite of having no aspirations potentially killed his wife as well yeah. Yeah, that is a very shady area it's one of my favorite scenes though is when he's just, just sat there, there with the harpoon gun on his lap pointing at his wife oh um and but you, you're rooting for leonardo dicaprio throughout the whole film even though he kind of fucks up his own life at times yeah, as yeah it's well. all his own fault yeah um all the while you know where it's heading or where it was heading in, yeah, there's in like a cloud, life. isn't there, in the background? Yeah, so, so Margot Robbie's kind of like running parallel, like her, her uh, character of... God, what's a bloody Sharon name? Tate. Sharon Tate, there we go. Uh, is running parallel with what's going on with these guys' lives, which is wholly insignificant. They just happen to have bought property rather than rented property, and it happens to be next to Roman Polanski's house. Um, and throughout the whole time, you've got this, uh, then you've got the Charles Manson element who just kind of like rears his ugly head... He's Every in it for literally then. like 10 seconds. He is, isn't yeah. He? And then the rest is the Manson family. Yeah. Second film that we've mentioned that involves Kevin Smith's daughter as well, because she's yep. one of the Manson family. She is. Um, and and it's, it's not really about that, though, but that you get the feeling that, that it's heading. Like when I saw, I loved the DVD and it said, Strong Bloody Violence. I go, Well, I know exactly what that is then. I know exactly what's going to happen at the end of this film. And if, you're, if you've not watched it and you plan on watching it, I'm going to say something spoilery. So just turn off now. It did. No, don't turn off. Just fast forward. Yeah, fast yeah, forward. Yeah. forward no, turn seconds. off. It's fine. Uh, it's just, um, it did something I didn't think it was going to do. The the ending completely threw me by surprise. It went in all the, in glorious bastards yeah, on us. Completely. Um, and has one of the funniest moments I've seen um, uh, in, in, in a film this year where I, I just didn't expect it to see it coming Involving at all. Involving a telephone or a flamethrower. The flamethrower, yes. Just the way he just... <laughs> He just casually walks to the shed and comes back with a flamethrower, <laughs> um, which is set up at the start of the film. Yeah, um, and it's in. There's a bit in the film where he goes to the shed and you see it in the corner yeah. as well. So that's but like, setting up that he he stole it from the set of the film. It's it's uh, for me. It's the Ocean's Eleven thing. I like watching actors act. I don't necessarily like that this is the end where they're just. It's all about them just having a good time yeah. with their mates. But but letting actors just play characters, and that's that's what this is. And and. The best thing about it, Leonardo DiCaprio is playing an actor playing roles as well. And he's intentionally having to play them badly at times when he's the cowboy in the cowboy films, for example. Yeah. Um, the scenes with the little girl. You said some of them go on a little bit too long. I agree with that. Yeah, some I of them are a bit of, too... Like he's in a cowboy show where mm. he's the villain. And I think yeah. some of the scenes of the TV yeah. show last a little bit too long for yeah. me. But... but yeah, I just thought it was really good. And you see, you see like this, this rise of Sharon Tate as well throughout the whole film. Like her going from being uh, perfectly happy with Roman Polanski uh, to seeing herself in the film and seeing everyone enjoy her role yeah. in the film. And then you think you know how this is going to end because then it's six months later, she's pregnant. And then um, it doesn't do that. Mm. It doesn't do that. And um, I love as well, as just a complete aside, just as like a one-off moment, Damien Lewis as Steve McQueen just nails it. Just looks so much like him, sounds so much like him. I thought, I thought it was awesome. I really like this film a lot. I was surprised because I was expecting this. I, was, I wanted to watch it because I thought it might be on the top 10, but uh, it got quite high up on my list. It was on my 
longish mm. list. I really like the bit, which is apparently a real thing that happened and they kept it in the film, where it shows DiCaprio's character testing the flamethrower and he turns on yeah. and goes, that's really hot, yes. can we do something about that? And they're like, no, it's the fire. <laughs> but that was actually Leo DiCaprio saying that out of character. Um, that's which genius. I thought was quite nice. Yeah, I love that bit, yeah. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. Say, I thought the ending was brilliant. I thought all the acting was brilliant. Mm. But for me, I, I, I said this to you earlier, mm. I think had it not been a Tarantino film, I might have thought more highly of it because mm. I wouldn't have had such high expectations. But it also would have been 45 minutes shorter because yeah. no studio would have let another director make that film. That long. A lot less feet as well. There was a yeah. lot of feet in this yes. film. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really like that film. Uh, so my number five has already been mentioned. <laughs> so it's John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Um, so I mean not really much more to say than what's already been said other than it is absolutely fucking relentless it is exhausting this one goes on much more of a sort of worldwide so in two we end up in Rome but in this Mm. one we're like in the middle of the desert we're in Morocco with Jerome Flynn for some (laughs) unknown reason (laughs) he's not like a typical no (laughs) and you've got Halle Berry and her two dogs who are really really cool you get sort of almost dog foo as well as horse foo but yeah like I remember seeing like an early picture from the production and he was on a horse yes. in the middle of New York and you're just like, fucking yes. They're, just, <laughs> they're not taking it seriously. It didn't end at all how I thought it would. I thought that this was the end and this was a very definite yeah. ending of John Wick. But obviously there's talk of a TV series that Keanu said he'd love to turn up in. Mm. There's John Wick Chapter 4 has just been announced for the same day as The Matrix 4. Which is fucking great. And it's going to be the Keanu weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just... Like you say, it took you in places you weren't expecting. It does things you weren't expecting. Uh, it's got a great cast. I mean, Angelica Houston rocking up. Yeah. I mean, who would have pegged her for like, essentially, as you said, like in brackets, a shit action film. But yeah, I just absolutely love, I love Keanu Reeves, as listeners to the podcast might know. Um, very excited to see the first pictures from Bill and Ted face the music this week. Yeah. Where uh, it's just weird seeing Keanu without a beard these days, isn't it? Because he's normally got the beard quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this film. Sonia, what's your what's up next for you? I've I've lost track of we number five. Five, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My number five. So when I was when I was doing my list and I was really struggling with putting them in order, I ripped up my bit of paper mm. so that I with all my films on, so that I could just place place the bits of paper in order and move them around. And this one I just straight away put at number one. And then I kept thinking, well, why have I immediately put it at number one why have I immediately put it at number one so my number five is Joker Mm. um and I I really love Joker but Joker makes me really sad as well but we do know that I like a sad film Mm. um I like to feel devo when I come out of the cinema I don't really feel like I can talk about Joker and really do it do it justice so I'll just read my notes that I've written Mm. about it first of all I'm surprised that I've got it at number five because when we started Talking about making our lists of the year, it's been my number one the whole time. Mm. But I just kind of automatically put it there, kind of as if I All expected it. Mm. Expected it should be there. Um, and I, I do, I do get the hype with this film, and I, I'm with the hype for this film because I do think it's all that. Um, but because I've seen it quite recently, and I have tried to do my list based on what films am I looking forward to seeing again soon maybe I wouldn't pick it above others mm. to watch immediately. And plus, because I think you have to... Once you've watched Joker, you've got to be in the right frame of mind to watch it again. Because mm. I do think it can leave you feeling a bit like, oh. So I like Joker because 
I love Joaquin Phoenix because he ticks a lot of boxes for me as an actor. Mm. I like it because it's not a Batman film because I don't really enjoy superhero films. And I like the emotional element to it where it, it um, explores his mental and emotional state and how he's sort of dealing with what life throws at him. He's got a shitty upbringing. He's got a shitty job. He's got no mates. And is it a film about mental health? I don't really know, but it seems like it could be. And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's important to have a film like this out. But I don't know. I didn't really watch it as a film about mental health, but it seems that his mental health plays a massive part in it. And at the end of the film, with that kind of scene of his, like, if this is how you're going to treat me, what did you expect? Mm. I just, I don't know. I found it like really jarring. I don't mm. feel like I'm talking about this film as if I really like it, but Joker like really affected me in like a really kind of shit, maybe we should treat people better kind of way. Mm. It's like rooting, rooting for you. an mm. anti-hero. Do you know what I mean? Rooting for a guy who's doing bad things, but you're still rooting for him. Yeah. You want him to do well, but he's doing bad things. So you shouldn't really be rooting for him, but he's being treated badly. So maybe I mean, you I think there's a point him. where you flip and it stops becoming rooting for him and mm. starts being like, okay, you're just doing this now. Yeah. yeah. But as jokers go, he's, he's easily my favorite joker yeah. by far. I think he's amazing in it. I do think people should believe the hype. He he is incredible in this. And I really, really, really love it. I really appreciate that. I've probably spoken about it in a tone that doesn't sound like I really <laughs> no, love it. No, you're trying to justify why you haven't put it for number one. But yeah. Which yeah, is fine, yeah. Because I, w- I would like to watch this film again. Mm. But I won't be sitting there kind of going, yeah, 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 let's put Joker on. I can't wait to watch Joker again. It'll just be kind of like... Right, let's, okay, I've let, stroked 10 dogs today. I'm in quite a good place. <laughs> let's watch Joker. Let's watch Joker and then listen to the Jonestown Massacre tapes. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Let's listen to some country music. <laughs> I really, really like it. I think there was a lot of hype surrounding it. I personally believe the hype. I think it's brilliant. And I think everyone's going to watch for it. president? Oh, 100%. Can't believe you didn't have it higher though, Sonia. Unbelievable. You disgust you me with your number four. Wait till you see what my four to just, one is. I just can't believe you didn't have it higher. Is it? Is it me now? Yes, it is. It's your <laughs> yeah. number four. What's yeah. your number four, Dan? It's the Joker. <laughs> um, so it's. Um, <laughs> I really like the Joker. I thought it was a great film. I think Whacking Phoenix, fantastic in it. Um, the one thing that I agree is, a, I think it's a film about mental health, but also about society. I was going to say, for me, it's more societal. Um, and about how they treat someone that is clearly having problems. Mm. Like, he goes as far as handing someone a card to say, I have this mental disorder, I can't help but laugh, and she treats him like shit. Yeah. Um, and he does that a few times. He gets beaten up by people that, I don't know, I think there's a dangerous political message there, especially at the moment, that, that definitely tapped into something with me when... Uh, he's getting the shit beaten out of him by three what are essentially 80s yuppies. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then he turns the tide and then shoots them. Mm. So I think that there was part of me that was like, go on, Joker. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, Dan? You don't want to actually see people die because they just happen. Well, I think the thing opinions. is that because there's obviously yeah. there's three guys. We obviously we're going to yeah. explore here. The first two, you're all, you're yeah. you're with him because like, yeah. it's self-defense. Yeah. It's when he chases down the third one yeah. and like enjoys doing that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, where where, that's where the flip starts. Yeah. That's where the Joker starts to well, emerge. It, yeah, and it's, it starts off as him almost trying to pluck up the courage to defend that woman as well. Yeah. 
uh, and it just doesn't go very well. And then from there, there's some sinister stuff. I think that, I think there's some clunky bits in the film, like um, there's bits that don't <coughs> necessarily. Wayne. <coughs> yeah, exactly. There's bits that just don't need explaining. We we know certain things we have seen a million times in films, and we definitely don't need that aspect of it. Um, I, I think I, I like if if they they go on to do use. If the Batman film carries on from this universe, I like how it's been set up as Gotham was kind of on the verge of this problem. You've got the the rubbish not being picked mm-hmm. up. You've got the fact that, that the rich people are getting down rich. All, the, all the sort of health care and yeah. stuff, aren't they? and you've got the rich people getting richer, which explains why Arkham's such a shithole as well and yeah. why people get out all the time. Um, and it sets up a universe that is probably ready for Batman. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's also, I, I, it's just not my number one film. The, yeah. the, the, that's that's it's that simple. There's there's three films I like more than that, and uh, although I think Whacking Phoenix probably is a shoe in for an Oscar in this one, and I think probably deserves to be. Um, I just don't know if they'll give it to him because of the film. Like the yeah. Academy don't tend to like that sort of thing, do they? Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, but it definitely deserves. He definitely deserves a nod. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Sonia. I don't think it's like. It's, I'm not going to sit down on a, not saying this is the mark of a good film but I'm not going to sit down on a Saturday evening and go you know what let's cheer ourselves up let's watch The Joker mm. um, and I also there's some comments that the director's made since then oh that, yeah Todd Phillips is ruining it for himself yeah, a little bit yeah that I didn't think needs, it, it was a great commentary on what is considered the internet nice guy which is this guy that's been so uh, downtrodden to start with by women turning him down that all of a sudden he believes that he deserves to have like uh, an attractive girlfriend. He deserves to have everything in life because, like, uh, he's a nice guy. Why do people not like him? And then that leads to him becoming not a nice guy. And that's pretty much what the Joker is. I so, saw yeah. um, something on Instagram. Someone posted a picture of their kids mm. going trick or treating. One yeah. of them was painted up at Joker as yeah. Joker, and uh, the person who commented, "Oh, so and so, channeling their inner Joaquin." Yeah. And but they were in Heath Ledger Joker makeup, <laughs> and I literally had to sit on my hands to stop myself commenting on this picture of a small child painted up as Joker. I was just like, oh, "This is the wrong fucking Joker." Your um, child isn't accurate. Yeah, outrageous <laughs> behaviour. I was so angry. Yeah, I just went round their house and punched her. It's <laughs> like get your jokers right, love. And if Sonya's getting that affinity about the Joker, then I might I might dress up as the new Joker and then just put the caption "Why so serious?" Yeah, yeah. dick. <laughs> just whacking Phoenix's Joker, but with a grill. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so my number four. So my four to one. This has changed on a daily basis. Mm. I'm not. I could happily sit and change these now, and I'd be happy with the top four. But what I've written down. So my number four is Rocket Man. Uh, the Elton John biopic starring Taron Egerton, which I mentioned briefly earlier as I was mm. listening to a podcast about it. I really like this film. So I was very down on Bo Rap last year, and I still don't like it. I don't think it was a very good film. You I don't think. like it? No, I don't like Bo Rap. Ooh. Um, I think Rami Malek absolutely stole that Oscar. I think he should give it back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, should ha- he should have some common decency. This is, this is where we agree, because last year, never us had it in our top tens, did we? No. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed it at the cinema, and then when I watched it again, I was like, no, this is just... Let's stop talking about yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so for me, Rocket Man. Um, so yeah, Taron Egerton as Elton John. And what I really like about this film is, one, Taron Egerton actually sings the songs. Mm. He's not trying to do an impression of Elton John. He's trying to sound a bit like him, but he's very much singing the songs in his own style, in his own way. Again, listening to the podcast, he was like in vocal training for six months so that he could actually sing on set because obviously 
singing all the time has takes like a massive strain on your on your voice so if you just started doing it it would like tear you to pieces um and i really like the musical version that this film is it's not like bow rap was a film that had occasional songs and singing it whereas this is the music is part of the narrative mm. the songs are played out of order so the very first song we hear is i want love which is one of his more mm. recent songs but he's singing it as a child and it's like him and his family and it's like those songs are part of what's happening at the time and i really like that how they tell the story but then there's still like really big musical numbers like the bitches back turns into this big musical number saturday nights are right for fighting you have this massive fairground dancing scene which i think is really really good and then you have like the really emotional songs and there's some songs because taron edgerton said like there's songs where the lyrics can mean different things to different people when mm. they've interpreted them in a certain way so a song that you might necessarily look at it as like that it ends up being like that because one thing i didn't realize until i listened to a couple of podcasts on this tiny dancer like wasn't a big hit when it first came out it was like a b-side on a single and it famous. was it was almost famous that has made it one of his most famous songs that everyone loves um but yeah, i mean i think the supporting cast is really good jamie bell was bernie is really really good stephen graham is an absolute scene stealer as their agent whose name i can't remember um but i just love so I, I love a musical and I love the fact that this just throws itself into being a musical the bit of the troubadour where everyone just starts floating as the song kicks in and like Elton realises that no I can actually do this but it really shows his sort of horrendous descent obviously part of the reason they make films about people specifically is because mm. they've had an interesting life so he was a drug addict he was a sex addict he had a dreadful relationship with his manager at the time um, who's also in Bo Rap, played by someone completely different, with a very different tone. Yeah. Um, and it's also a film, one of the few films I've seen where there's like a, a proper gay love scene as well. Like you've seen Kissing before, where mm. in this, you actually see them like stripping off, getting into bed. And there was a lot of tutting in one of the screenings, in, in the screening I was really? at. Really? Yeah, there was an old couple sat in front of me and they were probably like, oh, as, as they got into bed together. Um, but yeah, no, I just really like this film. I'm a massive Elton John fan, which yeah. I think helps with any musical biopic you're going to watch if you like the songs. And there's actually songs in this that I'd heard but not really listened to a lot, which mm. I now listen to quite a lot. Um, but yeah, no, it's just a really good film. I really like Dexter Fletcher as a director. He yeah. does. He's sort of going under the radar a bit, but he's made... Obviously, he stepped in to fix Bo Rap after Brian Singer got sacked for whatever it was he was doing. I really like Eddie the Eagle. I thought that was a really good film. Sunshine on Leith, which is another musical mm. set around the Proclaimers songs. That's really, really good. He yeah, I've been that. lent that to mm. watch. Um, that's really, really good. Um, yeah, it's just... You come out of it like being uplifted and feeling happy, but there are times in it, it is emotional. There's some, again, the old person in front of me. You know when you, there's an old person in the screen and they have to vocalise their reactions? And there's stuff that happens and you hear like, oh, it's like, don't fucking say it out loud. We don't need it. Um, but no, really like it. Bryce Dallas Howard plays his mum and she like, holds up the English accent really well. Um, but yeah, and again, at the end, you get like the pictures of the real people. Although oh. obviously everyone's seen a picture of Elton John. <laughs> no, no, um, I think what they were doing was they were comparing the costumes, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's quite a few like, this is what we did. This is yeah, how we yeah. look. Which I thought it was Because yeah, really again, nice. there's a lot of costumes that he's got that are iconic that they've moved <coughs> into different places. Because yeah. that's one thing with this film. Because one of my issues with Bo Rap was how they moved things around for the narrative of the film, which they do in this. But because it's a musical and the film is him telling the story, you sort of forgive the fact that it might not be completely correct because it's just it's his version of what's happening because mm. the premise is at the start he walks into rehab and it's him telling his story and at the start of rehab he's all like oh fuck it I'm a bastard I hate everyone everyone hates me I just I'm here because my drug dealer's away on holiday and it slowly like breaks him down and yet I just really really like this film I like the fact that it's a musical and yeah. the musical numbers are actual musical yeah. numbers rather than 
a film version of a performance. Yeah. So um, that that's my big. The, the, yeah, for me, but it was it was it. like so magical and fantastical and like as you, you imagine Elton John's life. Would yeah, be. that that is how I imagine it. It made my long list. It didn't make my top ten. I bought it. I haven't watched it yet. It you was, haven't watched it no, yet. No. So I, I bought this Blind by the Light and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when I found out I was doing this because those were the three films that I thought I, I would probably be on my list, but I just didn't get time to watch this one. I watched those two, but I didn't watch this one. So. You know, I might have made my list otherwise, but yeah. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It, was I, it, it improved on the second view for me. At the cinema, I really liked it. And then watching it again with Gem on Blu-ray, I was just like, no, this is I've proper. only watched it once, and I watched it once at the cinema. Mm. Yeah, properly elevated it up my list. Cool. Yeah, mm. maybe if I'd have watched it again, it would have mm. elevated it. But then I didn't re-watch any. Um, so into my top four, these are all ones that I've seen more than once. Mm. I didn't watch any of mine again. Um... So my number four is a film I think I saw as an unlimited screening, but I might have just gone to see it. It's Wild Rose. It was an unlimited. And this is the story of a girl from Scotland who wants to be a country singer. It's Jessie Buckley who plays Rose Lynn, um, who does all her own singing in the film as well, which is it's nice, it's mm. passable. And I've actually had one of the songs from the soundtrack cropped up on my you know in Spotify it makes mm. you a playlist of your most 100 uh, your most played 100 songs and one of the songs from Wild Rose is on there um <clears throat> she so Rosalind isn't a nice character we it starts off and she's in she's in some kind of like detention center or something and she's released and she's got um one of those tags around her ankle is that what they're called? Just yeah. tags? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like electronic Prison tag. tag. Yeah. yeah, and she goes home, she goes back to her mother's and you realise that the whole time that she's been incarcerated, her mum's looking after her two kids as well. So she's got two young kids. But the only thing that seems important to her is singing and achieving her dream of becoming a country singer in Nashville. And she seems to sort of constantly, not forget that she's got two kids, but almost like doesn't care. Mm. It's just kind of like, well, my mum can look after him while I go off and chase my dreams. She ends up getting a job um, at this house, essentially being a cleaner for this lady. While she's cleaning one day, she's singing. The lady hears her sing. The lady's got quite a bit of money, so she uses her influence to help her along on her journey. I won't talk too much about her journey because I think it's worth watching the film and watching the journey that she goes on to see the outcome because she does actually end up going to Nashville and chasing her dreams and performing a little bit in Nashville, but you have to kind of watch the film to see. I think see. it's due to drop on Amazon Prime shortly. Oh, is it really? Yeah. You have I to see if she that. actually does achieve her dream. But it's a really nice film about a girl who just wants to achieve her dreams. Things obviously haven't gone well for her in her early life. I mean, she has ended up in some in a prison or in a detention centre or something. I don't quite know what, where she is or what she's being held for. She's obviously got two kids by some guy who's not around. She doesn't want to be in that position. She very selfishly abandons her children to chase her dream. And I thought that was quite a nice take on it because you don't see that too often, do you? Where it's, It is just a completely selfish person chasing their dream. I really like it. I also like the fact she insists on calling it country music and corrects everyone who calls it country and western <laughs> because that fills me with a rage. <laughs> I'm with Rosalyn on this. It's just country. <laughs> but really good. If you like if you like music, then it's worth watching. Are this the film. songs in it like original songs or are they like She covers does perform of some covers. So when she is when she's performing, 
she sings cover versions. She doesn't think that she can write, but as the film progresses... I see. So the film, that, uh, the song, sorry, that I've got on my Spotify playlist is an original song that she performs at the end. Because she, she realises that she does have things that she can write about. Because she doesn't feel like she has lived a life that warrants writing a song songs yeah. about, if mm. that makes sense. Because if you listen to a lot of country songs, they are just singing about their their lives. They're, yeah. you know, things that happen to them like day to day when there's a lot of, you know, to have a hit, it's got to hurt, you know, and all of that. And she doesn't feel that her life is worth writing down. Mm. Mm. But things change to make her re- reassess that. It's really good. I think she's amazing in it. It's definitely worth a watch. But I think it went under the radar very much. I don't yeah. think it had a big release or anything. Mm. I think that, that's the same with like a lot of unlimited screenings, isn't it? Because mm. as we've said before, they're sort of the films where people wouldn't necessarily go and see as they do. It's unlimited screen, so maybe it'll get a bit of word of mouth mm. going. Um, yeah, so that's all our number four. So now we get to the big guns. We are at the top threes for 2019. Uh, so, Dan, what is your number three? Midsommar. <gasps> I fucking... What a coincidence. Is it yours as well? It's my it? number three too. It was my number one for the longest time. Um, I love this film, but then I sat back. I saw the two films that were in the running as well, and I said, Dan, stop being such a pretentious prick. There are two films that are potentially better than this film for you. Um, but I love this film. It's a breakup film. It's not necessarily a horror film. I got into an argument with someone about that, that someone said it wasn't very scary. I'm like, it's not really a horror no. film. I don't think it's a horror film. No, no it's just a film with yeah. like odd horror elements. Yeah, then... definitely. It's, it's a breakup film done by, made by a horror director. Yeah. Because um, Hereditary is very much a horror film. This, this isn't. Um, I love that aspect of it. It's a breakup film to the extreme in the sense that these are two people that are it's ending their relationship is ending um and it always it seems to be that he is the person that wants to break it off um and by the end of the film he is in a worse situation than she is as she finds the closure that she needs yes uh when he well i'll just say it involves one of the most erotic sex scenes i've ever seen (laughs) um it's it's um it's questionable she but uh, everything is put on halt because he goes. She goes through some uh, seriously emotional turmoil thanks to a, a massive tragedy in her family. Yeah, I mean that sort of opening. It's almost like a prologue, isn't it? Yeah. The opening twenty minutes is this tragedy transpiring and happening and changing mm. their fortunes, and then the rest of the film in like proper day glow sunshine. Yeah. Whereas this bit is in proper dark, dingy. I mean, Florence Pugh is absolutely phenomenal She's in this great. film. Yeah. Oh, that's where I've seen her. Do you know what? It's been bugging me the whole time I've been watching Little Women trailers. It's like, where <laughs> have I seen her before? It's just dropped. Just yeah. dropped. And Carry, Fighting with Family Carry as well. on. Yeah, yeah, Fight um, with the Family yeah. and Black Widow trailer. Black Widow, yeah, she's in that as well. She, she's like probably the breakout star of 2019, yeah. I would say. Yeah, she's definitely up there. But th- this, this definitely highlighted how good an actor she mm. is Because there's well. the bit where she's on the phone. Yeah. And it's literally just the camera on her face and yeah. it is just so compelling to watch. We've seen all the hidden stuff, like in the bushes, being able to see like the uh, the sister's face yeah. and stuff there's like so, that. There's so, watching yeah, it yeah. again, because yeah. there's a director's cut on Blu-ray, watch it, there is so many little f- foreshadows and yeah. stuff, which you get in everything, but yeah, because there's all that trippy bit where like everything's moving in the background, so oh, it's such a good film. But it's, ba- it's basically the story of uh, her just shedding his life basically whether it's his friends and then eventually him and moving on from the tragedy itself exactly yeah and becoming a happier person in the weirdest possible way 
it, yeah. it, it's just a really well put together film. I think Ari Aster's a very good director, is what I've realised from this. Yeah, um, I, I really liked it, but if you had it number three as well, yeah. So for me, it was it's one of the ones that stuck with me the most. Yes. It was one that I was really anxious to see again. I didn't end up seeing it at the cinema, although lots of people said they wanted to see it. I was like, if you're going to see it, let me know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just not a lot happens. It is mm. quite slow. It is. I can understand people saying it's boring, but it's one that you very much have to like cast away your phone and just yeah, like just sit and watch the film and take in every little subtlety. It's what I love. It just doesn't pander. There's bits mm. where people are talking Swedish and we don't get subtitles because yeah. the whole point is he wants to alienate you as much as the Americans in the film. And it just it just does such a good because it's just so unnerving where people are nice but you know there's something behind it yeah and there are some horrendously shocking moments yes um, the director's cut have you seen the director's I cut? haven't seen the director's cut yet no the director's I've, cut I've there's one it. scene that they added that I didn't like because it's set at night in Sweden and it sort of changes it a yeah. little bit because you're just like the whole thing's been in this glorious sunshine and then to have a scene set at night just seemed a little bit yeah because everything's out in the open that's the, yeah. they, they make no bones about like everything you're seeing is going to affect the film in one way, shape, yeah, or form. Yeah, and there's, yeah. like you said, there's no sort of, oh, don't tell the Americans this. They're all very open with, this is what's yeah. going to happen, this yeah. is what we're going to do, and it all, I say, lots of little things where once you know what happens, people saying things earlier in the film makes it, a bit like Get Out, where you have yeah. this thing of, oh, now that makes sense. But yeah, I just think it's really well made. It looks stunning. Yeah. And, it's like, and there's just so much more to pick up with on those extra viewings. One of the uh, most shocking falling scenes as well. Yes. Like people falling off something. Yes. Um, uh, fun story, we were in a cinema because we, we went to yeah, see yeah, it together, we together yeah. with some of the more entertaining characters that I've, I've ever been to see a film with. Uh, the person on the phone and then the person, the two people that left like five minutes before the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, and the person sitting next to me that decided cinema snacks were pistachios <laughs> and apples. Um, and You don't have a lot of luck at the cinema, <laughs> do you? After a particularly gruesome... Didn't, didn't Hobbs and Shaw, we had like some really annoying kids behind oh, us? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. After a particularly gruesome scene in Midsummer. Uh, yeah, the guy just chomps into an apple. And like it's a real crunchy scene as well. And it's like, what makes you think? You know what I really fancy? An apple after that. And then like picking up pistachios because we'd pissed him off already because we'd been to the toilet a couple of times. Yeah. Like God, and I thought, oh, I feel bad about that. And then he started doing that. No, no, all bets are off. I might go to the I'm toilet again. Piss on his yeah, exactly. Yeah. But eat, who eats a fucking apple in a cinema, especially after that particular scene as well? So I have eaten an apple in the cinema, yeah. but it was a Prince. It was a Prince Charles overnight, and it was yeah. between films. Oh, oh no, that's allowed. Yeah. That's definitely allowed, one hundred percent. But yeah, no, this this uh, this film stuck with me a lot. And notes of Wicker Man is is an oh, understatement. Yeah. It, 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 it flat out. It's almost it like a times. homage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really liked it. What's the beginning of your top three? My number three is the film Midsummer. No, it's not at all. Um, before I went to see Midsummer, I ate a three-course meal. And I can honestly say it's the most uncomfortable two and a half hours of my life. As I Some sat, warm farts. No, I was just, you know, when you, your clothes are really tight and you're just like, okay, I just can't wait to get home and loosen a button. Um, it would, no. Um, no, my number three because I am going highbrow all the way for my top three. It's Hobbs and Shaw. Um, I, I was just going for pure enjoyment with mm. my top ten, and I was, I'm in an RN, you know, maybe I should put... No, it's not coming up here, it's sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I should put Hobbs and Shaw at number ten, and I should have Le Mans at number three. I was like, no, fuck that. I like my cars in my Fast and Furious films. <laughs> So I'm having it. I'm having it all the way. So I don't think anyone who listens to this pod doesn't realise that Terry and I like 
the Fast and Furious franchise, and that Dan's a little bit fond I'm of it a too. Fan. And when they announced they were doing this Hobson Shaw spin-off, I was literally giddy with excitement. And then they <laughs> threw Idris Elba into the mix yeah. as well, and I. I, I vomited with happiness. It was one of the best days of my life. And I think... <laughs> a bit like you... A bit like you cry-singing to your Bruce Springsteen film. Did you know, just for this, that they actually wanted Jason Momoa for a part as well? But he, his schedule didn't work out. So it could have been Jason Momoa with Idris, Statham Rock. Yeah, I, I wouldn't... Add, you know, wouldn't the, be adverse the three... Yeah, I wouldn't have minded. But those three, that's like the full package for me. Um, and I, I remember when the That's train... That's definitely the name of the sequel. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw, the full, full package. package. Yeah, 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 when Idris's character clearly becomes the good guy. Yeah, yeah. I remember, when the, trailer, I remember when the trailer was released, I probably had it sent to me. It's probably the most amount of yeah, yeah, text yeah. messages I've had in a day. Like more sure. than my birthday. People going, <laughs> Sonia, have you seen this? I was like, of course I've seen it, but I will watch I'm it again. I'm pretty sure the news broke of Idris being cast as we were about to record, and I went, Idris is in the new thing. And you literally went... <gasps> I remember before us recording once that Dan had a trailer of it on his phone and we all huddled around and watched it on his phone. It's like we've got a big telly like feet <laughs> away from us, but we were all so excited we watched it on a phone. Um, so Dan's obviously mentioned this earlier, but the chemistry between The Rock and The Stafe is just top yes. notch for me. I just don't think there's any beating it. And if I'm perfectly honest, we could have taken Idris Elba out of this film and I still would have totally loved it. But he was in it, and I still enjoyed him in it. I especially liked the final third of the film, mm. where they're on the island, they're trying to defend their family. And for me, it took on... With the cars that they were using, it took on a slight Mad Max feel for mm. me. Mm. And I just absolutely loved it. Now, I was going to be a little bit cheeky with my number three and have a joint Hobbs and Shaw slash John Wick 3 <laughs> entry, because... I've been because last year we had Mission Impossible as our hands down action film of the year. But I've been going back and forth between Hobbs and Shaw and John Wick Three, thinking these are my two action films of the year. But if I'm honest, Hobbs and Shaw is the one that I would sit down and watch all the way through, whereas I would probably watch the opening for John Wick and then be like, okay, pause, I can get up and do something else. For me, the love for the Fast and Furious franchise outweighs my love of John Wick. So Hobbs and Shaw is my number love three. That's such a good film. Love, love, love it. But I have written in big letters that the first 20 minutes of John Wick is spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've clenched and gasped as much <laughs> as I did at the opening of that. It's so good. <sighs> Me then, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's your yeah, turn cool. now. Do you want um, a fun fact about Hobbs and Shaw? Yes, and could I also ask that we open the window yeah, a crack? Yeah, yeah, it should be fine now. I um, can you do it? So... I won't start saying the fun fact because I'm walking away from the microphone. <laughs> Although maybe that's, that was Sonia's plan all along. <laughs> that we don't hear the fun fact. Is it a fun fact, though? It's an interesting fact. Okay. In 1973... <laughs> <laughs> no, so the end Somebody fight died. between the three of them where somehow it's a revelation for The Rock and The Safe that if they work together, it might work out better than if they work on their own. That slow motion fight, they are actually moving in slow motion. <gasps> they didn't film it and slow it down. The way they had to film it was... They We're totally watching that fight scene. <laughs> They're literally oh going God. like... <laughs> We've got to watch like, it. Like you're doing the playground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are slow motion fighting and they, they're playing it 
as it is. When you do like your slow motion run as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That actually well, is an interesting fact. Yeah, that is really interesting. That never happens. Well done, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> so number two. Us. Um, this, this, but what about your number two? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, everyone. Uh, no, it's uh, Us um, was a film I knew I was going to love. It's uh, the, the idea. I love doppelgangers in films anyway. Like I love the idea of like the evil version of someone. Uh, and this takes that and it's essentially what it is and does something completely different with it. Uh, does something fun with it with some of the best horror slash action set pieces I've seen in films in a long time. Uh, including a very uh, interesting use of an Amazon Alexa, which uh, oh, yeah. is hilarious. Uh, the acting is fantastic. I, I was just gonna, when you said that, some yeah. of the best, I thought you say acting because I yeah. think Lupita Nyong'o, oh, her gosh. in this film, is yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and there's some gruesome scenes. There's you end up feeling sorry for people that you don't think you're going to feel sorry for. Uh, it's a statement about people that have everything and some people that have nothing, and the the divide that's getting bigger and bigger day to day sorry to get political about this but it's hard not to get political yeah it's it, it, it does it's when jordan peele said this wasn't about race i'd imagine there are, there are millions of white people that go oh yeah sure but it's not it is about society it's about it's about the gap between the poorest of the poor and the richest of the rich and how big it is and how some people have everything some people have nothing and in for 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 an hour and a half or two hours or however long the film lasts, you get to uh, be on the side of the people that wants to take back everything, yeah. take back something at least. It did go in because you saw the trailers yeah. and you thought it was going to be some sort of like zombie esque, yeah. but with doppelgangers, and it really isn't that. I remember again we saw yeah. this at the cinema and literally about twenty minutes in, it takes a turn and you're just like, whoa, this isn't what I yeah. thought, and it's just. I say the acting in it is amazing. The Peter Nyong'o's voice. As oh, the doppelganger so is just oh, yeah. horrendous. Yeah. The stuff of nightmares. But no, so stylish. Yeah. For me, it didn't make my top mm. ten. It was very, 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 very close. Yeah. Um, How close? It would probably have been number 11. It's um, <laughs> The use of music in this film is... I just wanted you to say yeah. very, 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 <laughs> very again. The use of music in this film is perfect. The, the creepy version, I got five on it yeah. by the loonies or the bit where fuck the police yeah. slash... Um, uh, good vibrations in in a in a scene that's particularly gruesome. There's some lovely yeah. sort of humour cutting through it as well, yeah. like about micro machines yes. and, and Home Alone. Yeah, um, but yeah, just let's say it's very very political. I don't yeah. think you can talk about it without being political. I mean, yeah. even the title "Us" could be the US. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. I think Jordan Peele again. Like reinvented himself as a sketch comic yeah. into one of the greatest horror directors and heir to the Hitchcock throne. And also one of the better sketch comics as well, on top yeah. of which his comedy is hilarious. I, I, I'll I say this on, on every podcast I'm on, if you go watch the Gremlins 2 thing he did with uh, uh, Key as well, Key and Peele, mm. it's, it's fantastic. But yeah, he, he's obviously got an idea of what he wants to do with horror films, turn yeah. them on the head and do something different. Because he did working. say as well, potentially there is a sequel in Us... Mm. Because like, he has, com- in his mind, it's completely fleshed out well, yeah. what everything was, why they were there, what they were doing. And he said, because I, again, listened to a podcast mm. where he was going, and he said, I'm not going to talk about this because I know it, yeah. but I don't want to say it because I don't want to, A, make people's view change on the film. And yeah. I might want to revisit it at a later date. That's really interesting. I'd, I'd watch that. So, yeah. mm. cool. uh, so my number two has already come up. So I went for The Joker. So yeah. again... Very interchangeable in my top four. I end, I did end up seeing this twice at the cinema, so that sort of helped me push it up for me. Oh, yeah, I saw it twice. There's yeah, me saying same. I didn't rewatch really any yeah. films in my top same. ten. I saw it twice. 
and obviously me and Dan did a spoiler yeah. special on it as well. For me, it was just it was just so different mm. because it's not a superhero film. It is just a film about a person who ends up being the Joker. But it was just for me the thing that anyway, it's just Joaquin. Yeah. I just think he's so watchable and it's so. And again, watching it again, there's little bits in it. There was bits in it on the second time I didn't enjoy. So we mentioned it in the spoiler mm. special about. He mentions how he stopped taking his meds and that sort yeah. of coincides with him becoming Joker. So I don't think that needed to be implicit. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I just think as a sort of... It's almost like a modern falling down in a way. Yeah. And I really love falling down. And it's just the performances in it, like the little... Not even twists, but the, the storyline of it all, the the way the city feels, how it feels so real, so lived in. And as I say, there's bits where you are, you're on Arthur's journey and you're mm. like, no, I, I'm with Arthur. And then he stops being Arthur and he starts becoming someone else and that's when it changes. Yeah, Todd Phillips has ruined it a little bit for a lot of people and I genuinely, genuinely hope that all this talk of a sequel, it turns out to be bo- bollocks and we don't get it. Yeah, I, I kind of would like it as the setup for the Batman film but not necessarily have this again. Yeah, because there's yeah. talk that this Joker isn't the Joker, he's who inspires the Joker because yeah. obviously his age would be horrendously out of whack with a young Batman coming through at that yeah. age. Um, it's such a tense film as well. That's the other thing. I yeah, it's to mention. just, it's, it's just so like you can't look away from the screen. Yeah. Everyone in it's amazing. Zazie Beetz playing yeah. like the love interest. Um, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed the film. Mm. And yeah, I mean, again, like like you say, you're not going to be. Oh, it's a happy. I'm feeling happy. Let's watch the Joker. Yeah. But it is a film I can imagine myself watching a lot, just because I thought the the performances in it and mm. just little things that you're going to pick up. That, and Joaquin's dancing is obviously phenomenal. I really yeah. like his dancing. I like the yeah. scene towards the end where White Room plays yeah. and it's all like slow-mo and there's all that chaos going on in the street and he's like on top of the car dancing mm. and I was just like... Yeah, his full like unveiling. Yeah. 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 I did really enjoy the spoiler cast that you two did because yeah. I remember you asking me and I said at the time, didn't I, and I kind of think it... I said at the time I didn't really think that I could add anything because mm. I'm just struggling with Joker I am because I can't really put into words like why I like it mm. or whatever mm. I find it quite interesting that we've all had it in our top tens in different places mm. and I still think you two have put your thoughts across better than I have on the Joker but if you haven't listened this is mm. just a little plug for yeah. you two I really did like your spoiler cast thank you um, I especially enjoyed hearing Terry eating at the start. <laughs> Sorry, I did my not realise we were recording at that point. I thought, he's bought me a muffin and a coffee. We'll eat the muffin, then we'll talk. The amount, we, amount of stick you give us, Dan, about eating on the pod, and then you let him do that. Yeah, let's be like, honest, oh. anyone who knows me, you don't put food in front of me if you're, <laughs> no. and you expect me not to eat it. In a squelchy fashion. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I should have. So, Sonia, what, what's number two for you? Well, I would like to thank Dan for doing most of the hard work for me. My number two is us. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. Um, because I think you talk about films better than I do. Nah. Since this is the, the, the film on my list that I've thought about the most since seeing it. Yeah. That I don't, th- I don't think I've bought any, bought any films this year. Mm. Just because I don't buy stuff like that anymore this is the probably the only film on the list that i've thought about mm. handing over my cash and saying i would like a like, physical i found cop- it in tesco's for a fiver on blu-ray yeah but then i couldn't find it yeah no i think it was literally a mistake no one but i would like it. to own a physical copy of yeah, this yeah. and watch it again i still don't have a physical copy of it but i have looked at how much it is to get one i keep checking in tesco's for the yeah. five pound mistake if i see it again i'll buy it blu-ray mm-hmm. i don't yeah. want a dvd 
Um, so this is the film I've thought most about since watching it. I agree with everything Dan said. Um, it's, you know, what I've written on here is just it's really eerie. Mm. I've also written it's got a great soundtrack and I've got five on it. It also came up in my top five, but, uh, my top 100 That's Spotify on my playlist as well, Because yeah. it's so cool. And one of the things I really enjoyed was the fight scenes are choreographed. I know yeah. fight scenes in films are choreographed anyway, but... They're, they, it looks like you're watching a dance. Yeah, and it's the very way it's, balletic. The way, sort of yeah, plot exactly. Heading. It's done so well, and yeah. it looks so amazing. And the story took a twist, which I, I didn't yeah. work out. I didn't see it coming. But when you now you know about it, yeah, yeah, it just makes perfect sense. I think it's just so so good, and I think it. I think it's a horror film, but I think it's a film that non-horror fans could enjoy yeah. as well yeah because it's not like gah horror yeah. it's just scary and it yeah. wasn't until this film came out that I realised there's actually a genre called like doppelganger horror yeah. apparently like it's a thing yeah a lot of people have a serious phobia of it don't they mm. yeah someone was talking to me about doppelgangers just the other day like that everyone has one yeah but I didn't realise that doppelganger horror was a thing and some people like seriously seek it out I, d- I just thought it was so amazing and I Again, it's another film that I have said to a lot of people they should they should see, especially if they can pick out five pounds mm. of Tesco's. <laughs> really, other really retailers it. are available. I was yeah. about to say uh, there's another retailer that thinks selling it for six ninety nine on Blu-ray. Oh, really? Yeah, possibly. Oh, yeah. okay. So maybe I could pick it up at another retailer <laughs> yeah. for just six ninety nine. Why are we not saying the name of that retailer? <laughs> We've said Tesco's fifty times. <laughs> Everyone I don't want to give them any advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Pay us. Yeah, <laughs> they won't. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like us. Yeah. As in the film. God, I don't like us. Oh, cut that out. Oh, I feel sick mm. to my stomach. Yeah. It's good you haven't just had a three-course meal before oh. that. Uh, so now <laughs> we get... the lavatory. <laughs> I've just got in my pants. Um... <laughs> These seats are wiped clean, yeah? I mean, they are leather. I've managed to do it a couple of times before, yeah. So, yeah. That, that squelching you hear is not like my arse on leather. It is squelching within my pants. <laughs> um, so we reach number one, a high point after that horrendous sentence of mine. So uh, can I just say something? I've, I've realised that we've got to this point in the pod and exactly the same thing happened last year <laughs> when we did it with the whole theatrical cut gang. We were yeah. going around the table and I was yeah. just like, oh my God, I'm so excited to find out what everyone's number one is. Then realised I hadn't heard a particular <laughs> film for the whole countdown <laughs> and I knew exactly what everyone's number one was. Yeah, so... Surprise me, guys. What's your number <laughs> Shall one? Shall we say it on three? Yeah, okay. One, two, three, end Shazam. Game. No, sorry, end game. <laughs> <laughs> I love this film. So, I, so yeah. I, I sat down and I went, which is the one? Which of all these films that I love is the one that I had the most emotional reaction to. And I don't think there's a film I've watched in the cinema that I've reacted to as emotionally as Avengers Endgame. And everyone around me has done the same yeah, thing. Yeah, the midnight screen was I feel was exactly quite the thing. same way about my number one. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. I love it. Um, the, the cap with the hammer scene. The whole cinema. Yeah, there's probably going to be spoilers here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, I can't get imagine, a fucking life. I can't imagine there's anyone listening that hasn't yeah. seen or it or had it spoiled by Instagram. Yeah. I or cried. Yeah. I laughed. I gasped. I threw my fist in the air at one point, and I'm sorry to the person behind me. Um, I probably broke Sarah's hand, gripping it as tightly as I could during certain scenes. Um, Is it the only time she's ever felt real emotion from you? <laughs> Yes, yes. She said, she said, oh, it's nice to see you actually enjoying yourself now. <laughs> you held my hand. <laughs> yeah. 
Why are you, why are you so distant most of the time? You're not Captain America. We all boy near we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a sexy reference. <laughs> I wasn't suggesting that Dan thinks his penis is Moynier. <laughs> oh, I'll see if I can get that one past. Um, so, just, it's, it's a... Uh, these films don't generally have satisfying conclusions. And this was about as satisfying a conclusion to a series... <clears throat> you listening, J.J. Abrams? Yeah. To a series that, um, that you could possibly get. This film ticked all the boxes, had the right amount of fan service, whilst doing something completely batshit crazy in the space of three and a half hours. Um, and, and by the end of it, despite the fact there were questions that were still unasked, answered, it left you feeling like you, you had the answers to everything yeah, you want. You got to closure happen. from 22 yeah. film build up. Yeah. I mean, as we just mentioned, this is a three hour film. I saw this five times at the cinema. Yeah. I which is why times. I pushed it. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did you sit, Dan? Three times, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I spent like, what's that? 15 hours in the cinema watching mm. this film. Um, it's just, it made me squee. Like I yeah. say it's very emotional and it's emotional in like happy ways as yeah. well as sad ways. Um, the effects are, absolutely fucking astonishing yep. um, I can understand some people's complaints with the film where it does go a little bit sort of if you're not a Marvel fan but it's too late like, at this point you would not pick yeah. up a book and start reading from chapter 23 having not read the other chapters mm. and that's what you're essentially doing if you watch Endgame without watching the other films I think everyone in it is well served everyone gets mm. enough time to do something well Black Widow gets the mm. time she didn't get Cap gets the time he didn't get in, in Infinity War um, yeah, Cap wielding the hammer, Brother Thor is just exceptional. And a lot of people get, have given them stick about the portrayal of Thor, but I think he's really good in it. There is genuine really sadness well in him. Like, so the, 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 the thing I've heard is this fat shaming. It's not fat shaming. No point. There's, there's one joke where they, they shame him. Because yeah, the cheese whiz. But yeah, that's it. Other than that, He's by the end of the film. It's not like he's there's a there's a montage scene where he gets back in yeah, shape. I really like because yeah. I thought he was gonna get Stormbreaker. Yeah. He was gonna sh like slim down, but he stays yeah. as brother four throughout the whole fight. And he just looks like a fucking awesome Viking. He looks fucking yet, cool. Yeah. Possibly the greatest scene in cinematic history yeah. is Portals, where yeah. Cap is stood there facing off against Thanos and his Legion yeah. on his own, yeah. and the communication comes through on your left, which is obviously a throwback to Winter Soldier, and then just the hordes descend yeah. everyone's back from the blip and it is just we get to hear Avengers assemble it's just I mean it's given me goosebumps thinking yeah, about so. it it is just absolutely absolutely phenomenal it's mm. I don't think it's as good a film as Infinity War I think Infinity yeah. War is a tighter more scripted film this is it's a bit more batshit because you've got the alternative dimension slash time travel but it's just and the time travels bobbins yeah. as well. Yeah, they didn't yeah. hold back. They <laughs> yeah. just went, this is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have fun with it. We're, we're, we're going to lean fully into it. We're not going to hold back in any way, shape or form. And it was just, yeah, absolutely fucking euphoric. Yeah. And it's, it's making, just talking about Endgame. I want to watch is, it now. I want to watch it now. And it's making me more annoyed about uh, a certain other film that we saw yeah. last night. <laughs> maybe we'll get to that in notable mentions. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, Sonia, I'm going to guess that yours is not Endgame, as you have sat with quite the glazed-over <laughs> look, as me and Dan have essentially just 
fluffed each other talking about it game. <laughs> in my head, you've got the, you know, the, the chicken that drinks water in The Simpsons. <coughs> I'd imagine that's no, what's Homer been going. going yes, did, 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 yes. did, did, you know, the black and white thing. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to stop me anymore. I'm going to clown college. <laughs> but, so, no, um, yeah. it's not a vendors. Do you remember last year's, what was your number one last year, Terry? My number one was Infinity War. Um, oh, yeah, of course it was. My number um, two I've was already Upgrade. Forgotten it. Which no one else had. Uh, last year, my number one was Phantom Thread. It was, mm. yes. Do you remember how, like, totes emotion, like, yeah. completely in love with that film that I was? And I don't think I'll, I don't think I'm ever going to have another Phantom Thread. Just don't think it's out there for me. I like that film as well. But the way that you guys have yeah. talked about your Avengers movie, yeah. Endgame, I already <laughs> forgot what it was called. <laughs> the way that you talked about it, and you yeah. said about how the audience reacted yeah. and how happy they were. Mm. And how like everyone was affected by it, and you said how we got to hear Avengers Assemble again. Yeah. This is the same thing as when the theme music for my film started, and the, and the mm. crowd reacted, and everyone came together for what one last film time. Is this? <laughs> Don't unfriend me. It's Downton Abbey, the movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have not been as happy for two hours as I have watching this film. And I played with the order of my mm. top 10 films so many times. And I thought, no, why can't I have Downton Abbey the movie as my number one film this year? I love year? that you're getting annoyed at us about no, this. No, no, we we haven't haven't said no, 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 no. You getting, pricks, it is good. <laughs> I was getting annoyed with myself because, you know, earlier I was saying, oh, I should yeah, put yeah. Joker at number one. Fuck, why should I put Joker at number one? And why shouldn't I have Downton Abbey as my favourite movie? Mm. So last year, my number two movie... Had there not been a Phantom Thread, my number two movie was Mamma Mia. Mm. Here we come again. Um, here we go again. That's about to say. Fucking hell. <laughs> that was the porn version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to see it because it's on the radio, but my brain was working there. Um, <coughs> because no film made me feel that happy. And no yeah. film has made me feel this happy as this film this year. I was honestly elated for the whole runtime. So... Anyone who's a fan of the show needs to watch this film. It is, it's honestly got all of your favourite characters in it because all of the characters come together. The storyline is pretty much non-existent. It's servants against servants. They're just desperate to serve dinner to the Queen. <laughs> That's literally what the storyline is. But it's basically just a film of one-liners. All your favourite characters, kind of like they're almost having one last go of mm. like, well, let's get all of our best lines out. I mean, you've got... Real drama going on in this film. Like, Lord Grantham has to make his own cup of tea at one point. <gasps> I know. That's the kind of shit that's going down at Downton Abbey, right? But it was... Honestly, the people in the screen, people were just so happy to be there. People were, like, cheering at certain things happening. You could just tell that everyone was so, so happy. And there was a real, like, key moment at the end of the film where one of the long-standing characters is obviously the last time we're going to see them on the screen... And they kind of said goodbye to this character in a really, like, low-key, mm. downplayed way. And they could have made such a big thing of it, and it could have been, like, a real big element to the film. But it wasn't at all. It was just, like, one character saying goodbye to another character at the end of the film. And it was just really, really, really well done. It's probably only a film for fans of the TV series, but I think this film could have been spectacularly shit, mm. and it wasn't. Oh, yeah. So many it was are, aren't so, they? so enjoyable, and I have not spoken to one person who's seen this film and hasn't 100% loved it. Yes. I was so, so surprised by how much I loved it 
and it made me so happy. And at the bottom of my notes, it said, thank you for making me smile for 122 minutes. Bravo, Downton Abbey. Very well done. Nice. Loved it. Exactly how you two feel about your exactly, Avengers yeah. film. Exactly how the audience of my film felt. It's, 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 how yeah. many series have there been? Lots. So, yeah, so you've, you've had that build-up. <laughs> That's what we've I mean. Had you, kind of like, you grow. Well, I've seen all the Avengers movies mm. too. Um, and you grow with the characters, don't you? And just different things mean different things to different people. And I appreciate that Downton Abbey is probably like ending this pod on like a really like low <laughs> note. Um, but I guarantee someone who listens to this pod will have watched the Downton mm. movie and will agree with me that it is brilliant. I love it. I think that's awesome. It's exactly yeah. exactly the same feeling, but in a very different way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, that that's our individual top tens. Some some similarities, more similarities between me and Sonia than we had last year. We had a couple of crossovers this time, mm. not in the same places though. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed that and us gushing over our favourite films. So. Talk about the notable mentions yeah, that really haven't come up. I'm really mm. sorry, Dan. I've got it written on paper, so it might be a bit cringy. No, don't worry about it. Sods. Do you want me to go through mine while yeah, you... Yeah, sure. Yeah, you go, Dan. Shazam. I loved Shazam. I thought Shazam was a really good film, and it narrowly missed out on my top ten. <clears throat> uh, I thought it was big with superheroes. Uh, it didn't shy away from it. It's a DC film that was uh, just shamelessly joyous as yeah, well I didn't like it but yeah. it, it believed in itself which, yeah. I like, which DC hasn't necessarily done and before and one of the better endings of a film I've seen in a long time as well which genuinely made me um, belly laugh from, from that as well so, so yeah I like Shazam a lot do you want me to go through more or just yeah, keep just going through a few yeah, yeah. Captain Marvel I felt bad about not putting that on my list but it just sexist pig yeah I, well it's no, not mine either I, I saw that. I saw that more than I saw Endgame. I saw that four times, but um, it just didn't quite tick the boxes for mm. me. Just, just, I don't know what it was. It was, it was good. It was really good. Um, and in the end, I just, it just narrowly missed out. Uh, Toy Story Four. I really enjoyed Toy Story Four as well. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny when it needed to be. I thought I liked the characters in it, but once again, just didn't quite tick enough of the boxes to make the list. Uh, I think that's it. That the, the my notable mentions. Um, there's, there's a few other films I've seen but some of them aren't very good so yeah know. so for me big ones that I didn't mention so Hellboy it got a really bad rap mm. but I just loved it really stupid enjoyable film Captain Marvel again The Irishman I really liked I think I benefited from seeing that at the cinema so I didn't have my phone I can imagine if I'd been watching that on Netflix mm. my phone would have been out because it is quite slow is definitely at least 45 minutes too long, but is a very, very good mm. film. Spider-Man, as we mentioned. Mm. Another Day in the Neighbourhood that we saw on Unlimited Screen Enough. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I've that was that. a, that was a really nice, sweet film. Yeah. Um, we, I think we both came out and said, that was lovely. Yeah, I don't think it was ever going to be a top 10 because it wasn't didn't grab you, but it yeah. was just... That's the sort of thing you can imagine. Like, oh, I've had a bad day. I'll pop on another day. It was day. really, really... So well... Uh, so well done as yeah. well, the way it's yeah. been filmed. I do quite yeah, the way it's it. been made. Um, I actually really like Terminator Dark Fate as well for like different mm. reasons. Um, I think I'm the only person I know who's seen that that didn't like it at all. I thought yeah. people were joking when they said they liked it. I was like, really? <laughs> uh, it Chapter 2 I quite enjoyed as well, although it wasn't... don't think it was as good as the first one. Um, yeah, they're sort of my main shout-outs. Yeah. Um, I've also got uh, Captain Marvel on my... Um, long list if you like motherless brooklyn i got to see a uh unlimited screening really for fancy that really really good yeah, so yeah. technically it's not released until next year so the two that i i basically had a long list of 12 films and had to get rid of two mm. i got rid of motherless brooklyn and vice um i also really enjoyed roma this year the favorite happy death day to you ready or not 
I didn't get to see oh. that, unfortunately. I really wanted to see I think if it. you'd have seen that, that would have made you a long list. Uh, Rocket Man, of course, Judy. And what I've seen recently, um, I don't care what anyone says, last Christmas, that had a twist at the end. I did not see that coming. Um, and also, as we talked about, you know, films using, um, inspired by the music of, it's yeah. inspired by the music of George Michael, but it... it 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 takes a lot from listening without prejudice, and it's that I really like, really, really love that album. So we had the soundtrack on a couple of times at work. It's really good. I I, I loved I, the way they yeah. used the songs because I went into last Christmas. The wife wanted to see it, and I thought I'll I'll bear it kind of thing. But I actually did think it was quite a good film. It, it's not I overly it. twee. It's not overly sweet. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was really very well acted. I love Emma Thompson. Can I, throw, I absolutely loved it. Can I throw one more in though? I forgot yeah, about Detective Pikachu. Really enjoyed it. Really <laughs> silly. Really fun film. Uh, Sarah didn't enjoy it because it wasn't accurate enough for her. Okay. <laughs> the Pokemons. Cool. So let we'll wrap up there. So that is mine, Dan's, and Sonia's top tens of 2019. It's top tens for today. They'll change yeah, today, again yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, in, infinitely changeable. <laughs> um, uh, we'll be back shortly to record our next pod. Not sure when it's coming out. We're going to be talking about our top five TV series of the year. Mm. And we're also going to do our top five disappointing slash worst films. Bottom at, five? Or bottom five, yeah. yeah. And then we're also going to talk about the top ten theatrical cut films, combining all of our votes together, including public votes that we've done. And we will crown the theatrical cut 2019 film of the year. Exciting stuff. Sweet. Any more for any more, guys? Nah. No, I'm all done. Terry? Mike, drop. Drop.